It's the Odd Drunk Podcast, a very strange podcast, the drunkest show in the world. It's Jackson and Colton talking out of their ass. We don't care as long as drinks are poured. Sometimes we have our friends here. We will talk about anything, anything. We don't care as long as we have beer. And if you let that whiskey ring. The Odd Drunk Podcast. This is, yeah, I guess we should start recording. We we've, we've been recording. recording. Yeah, no, but yeah. I guess we <laughs> should, should actually start, start the episode. episode. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, uh, <laughs> I don't know. How do we do this? Uh, yeah. Welcome back to the Odd Drunk. Uh, you do it. Ready? One, as much or as two, less enthusiasm that you want. Three. It's the Odd Drunk the Podcast. Odd Drunk Podcast. Hi. Hey, Jackson. You went for more enthusiasm. I went for less enthusiasm. <laughs> no, but I'm excited yeah. for this. <laughs> I'm excited for this episode. Uh, definitely. It's um, been it's been when we actually sometimes we uh we just wing it on episodes. We we did not wing it. On this one, well, well, we are we winging, winging it right are, now. But are we just? Uh, we did the work. Banked. We did the work for it. We, are we just release a commentary? <laughs> like take that, because hey, commentaries are fun, but and they get good uh, views. So yeah, for anyone that's um, well, listens, we're not visual yet. It, it's, I mean, I can see you, and you can see me. Yeah, and I'm sharing my screen, and I'm sure that's distracting um <laughs> how do i get zoom back open but any, yeah we're on zoom again uh this, we're just recording late and didn't want to wake our roommates aka our girlfriends yeah when they gotta work really when early. we're when we're I in the same to room together we we can have a tendency to get loud <laughs> yeah even when we're not but trying to <laughs> when there's a disconnect such as zoom yeah uh it, it is kind of an awkward disconnect on Zoom. I, I it's sometimes it's weird, I, but it works though. It <laughs> works, and it, it almost feels like I'm in the room with you. But it this is a side tangent. This can be one of our one bits of whatever. Uh, <laughs> but like Zoom, even when I like in Zoom classes, and I'm sure everyone that's gone to call our high school. Or I think they even do in middle school, especially during COVID. Yeah. But um, like in Zoom classes, there was always that disconnect that you would either cut someone off or someone wouldn't know when to speak. Yeah. Because <laughs> lag definitely plays a part of that. There's lag. We Luckily, issues. we've not had too many issues with lag. No, I've upgraded my, I got a Wi-Fi booster in my room. Nice. Because nice. my room is just a complete dead zone. Oh, I remember that. For the yeah. longest time. Um, yeah, it's probably the lead lining in the walls. Also, luck. Yeah. <laughs> the asbestos. <laughs> but, um, luckily, also, we're, but yeah, we're, the, we're both used to talking into microphones enough that we don't. And find we're used it. to. We're not as awkward as some people are. We're still pretty we're awkward. We're used to Zoom. Yeah. Had a lot of experience with Zoom. <laughs> but it's. Hey, still, I, on on the I've other learned, hand, though, in classes, sometimes Zoom was awesome because you could drink. 
Yes, and I have. I will admit. All right, but man, oh, it could be so <laughs> awkward in Zoom classes though, when no one answers, and then the professor they have the power to highlight any individual and like put their screen up. And if you don't have your camera on, well, you're still going to get called out for that. But I knew so many people that just, they would keep their camera off. And no matter what, I mean, the professor only could do so much. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, remember, yeah, I remember uh, one of my professors, Dr. Fry uh, was fun on Zoom oh, because yeah. he was, he's very old. I school, bet he like, hated it. Like very yeah. old school, like he prefers a chalkboard over a whiteboard. Oh, I remember. Yeah, I had some um, of his classes. And yeah. uh, <laughs> and on Zoom, he would try to do stuff like, okay, we're going to split off into groups. And he would put us into little groups and he would to talk about the reading. And it would automatically, the Zoom would put us into groups of three or four students. And it would jump into the group. And, you know, I remember at least in the lower level classes, um, it was so funny. So what did you think of the reading? Yeah, yeah, we'd put up in the group and we'd all just sit there, like, and eventually someone would be like, Yeah, I didn't do the read. <laughs> and then we'd all be like, You yeah, always wait for that guy, and you're... yeah, yeah, you um, always wait for that guy. And then, uh, and it then, takes so, a lot of... and then after a few minutes, uh, the professor would pop into the group and we would be like panic, be like, mm-hmm. Oh, so and try to pretend like we were talking about it, yeah. Um, um but anyways, yeah, we're back fun. on Zoom, <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, it's a good I tool. Zoom is stuff. a Zoom is a fun tool. It's a good, oh, it's a great thing. tool. Yeah, and it's you are in Sa- you're in See, San I'm Francisco the, now. Yeah, I'm at the Golden Gate oh. Bridge now. Well, that better one, Northern Lights. <laughs> <laughs> you're in space. Holy I shit. like this one. I like that one. Oh. That one's pretty sick. <laughs> I'm in space, I, but yeah. Um, so we're back. Uh, with a series that we've been doing, we've done a couple episodes of uh, video games in time where we take a year and we look at the video games. Oh, nice. <laughs> He's got a uh, dandy to be on his background. You know, <laughs> I mean, it's easy enough to record zoom. I could screenshot it at least, but, um, and just, uh, I mean, you could, well, hide I'm, re- I'm recording. It records want. the video too. No, nope. we just, we just don't, <laughs> um, we just don't use the video. <laughs> Yeah, because why? Why would you? Hey, would Zoom, Zoom makes but... <laughs> Zoom actually does make my editing process better because it splits our our, our audio tracks into two separate. Because yeah, Zoom's files. a separate channel. Yeah. So yeah, and that that makes yeah. the editing better. But um, anyways, <laughs> yeah. So we pick a a random year. We use a year generator, or we just one we have in mind, and then we look at the video games that came out. If any of them were good, any of them we played, we usually try to play them prior to recording. Yeah. Uh, familiarize ourselves. I think that's the best way to talk about games is to actually play games. Yeah. I think a lot of gaming journalists uh, forget that important part of the w- work. You know, it's pretty entertaining when uh, you see uh, an article about like a. Uh... You know, Easter eggs in a video game, and then every once in a while, the the writer will subtly drop that they haven't actually played the game. <laughs> right. He <laughs> clearly just yeah. scrolling through the Reddit page. Hmm. Uh, no, but, but yeah, we we're, we we Art... attempt to actually play these games, or at least mm-hmm. what the ones we can get our hands on. Um, yeah, and uh, 
it is a little easier to get my hands on games thanks to you for the amber nick i still love it still playing it yeah um, let's let's which uh, i've got to play a lot of game boy advance games that yeah came out this so year. you know the year we'll, we're doing we'll, we'll we'll mention that real quick a shout out yeah but it's mentioned in a, in a previous episode i don't remember which one uh the amber nick yeah, one of them rg35xx is the model it's a retro handheld you can play roms and stuff on it yeah, it looks like a and game boy but you can play you can play playstation games PlayStation yeah 1. it's a really really solid handheld yeah gaming device for if you're interested in handheld gaming and retro gaming, this thing runs like 50, 55 bucks. It's like super cheap compared to yeah, a lot nice. of other ones. And it's very solid. Oh, I take it to work all the time on the go. Just stick it in my pocket. Coat oh, pocket it, or something, it's a know? great throw into your backpack and forget about it type of thing. <laughs> yeah. And then you find um, it and you're like, oh, I can play some games. <laughs> yeah. I've sat but... at a bar playing, playing on this. <laughs> I've, I've played, I've played a uh, Pokemon. Hey, let's say Patty's Day. Let's just, let's just let's go sit at a bar some, and just play. have some pints and play some. Uh, yeah. Uh, no, I, I, a while play back, I was, games. it was, I walked into Starlight here in Durango and I uh, sat down and pulled this out and started playing Pokemon. Nice. <laughs> surprisingly no one no one questioned it or asked me about it they were they were just like that's why would you yeah (laughs) which is why i like Um, that bar because they mind their fucking business true yeah they do (laughs) that's something not only we would know not the listeners unless you are in the area then good for you but i'm not telling you where we live not on this episode I'm sure they Probably, figured it yeah, out. Yeah, we slipped it up on other ones. We live in Mexico. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or do we? But um, so yeah, we've covered so far. We have covered 2012. That was the first episode of video games mm-hmm. in time. Then we and kind of an year, underwhelming year, not the worst. Very underwhelming, underwhelming. A lot of sequels. <laughs> yeah, not a lot of new IP. Uh, it was just very mid tier. I think if we're doing a tier list thing, it would be a C or maybe a B, a low B, just a B. I think we put it at C. There wasn't any, wasn't anything um, bad. Yeah, it wasn't like a terrible year. I it mean, was just kind of nothing really cool came out except but like literally just thinking about you know dishonored. Yeah, that was the <laughs> that best was... original IP. Yeah, it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but just thinking about that year, I cannot recall. A, a game that I really care about. Yeah, <laughs> that came out that year. The only um, one I and then we also one I did... could recall was Assassin's Creed Three. Not oh, because Assassin's I think Creed it's 3. a great game. It's not a great game. I just played the shit out of it when it came out. Right. <laughs> uh, Dishonored. Um, one of the no GTA wasn't out that year. <laughs> nope. We were still but, waiting, and then for we it. also, we yeah, we were, and now we're waiting for the next one for over ten, yeah, for ten years now. I don't <laughs> give it. I don't. I don't really. I mean, I I'm going to play the next GTA, but I'm not one of the. I I just but don't really care that much. It's gonna come out when it comes out. At yeah. this point, like it's just one of those. It's there's GTA. certain games that are like this. Is how Starfield is right now. I have not gotten onto any of the hype. I've barely watched any of the gameplay or the trailers because uh, I've just accepted I'm gonna buy it. 
Yeah, you don't need to. I don't need to. You don't need to waste your time. <laughs> I don't need to waste my time watching trailers and stuff. I know I'm going to buy it. So just of when course. it comes out, I'll play it. <laughs> yeah. That's probably GTA 6. But the next, yeah. <laughs> and then the next year we did was an like ultimate classic year, 1991. Yeah, absolute S Yeah. It was basically the breakout of the SNES and. We had Super Mario World. We had uh, Link's uh, Link in Time. It's it, not Link technically time, right? the yeah uh, uh, a link to the past. No, but it really kicked it off. Um, yeah, it's it, not technically the beginning of the sixteen bit era, but it's it's no, not sixteen bit, but SNES. Yeah, it's yeah. It's, so it's not, te- but it's not technically the beginning of the sixteen bit era. That's the Sega Genesis in ni- in eighty nine. But right. uh, it really is when the sixteen bit era found its footing and. Exactly. That's yeah. what I mean. That's when it kicked off. And yeah, Super Castlevania 4, Super Mario World, Toe Jam and Earl. <laughs> I will. So I'm going to um, say right now, because it's relevant, uh, um, I have played more of Super Mario World since that episode. And uh, <laughs> I think I was a little harsh on Super Mario World. I mean, a little bit. I, I I never um, said it was a bad game, but I I kept saying like I did have some criticisms, and I stand by my criticisms for the most part. But I I have come around again and kind of been like, okay, maybe if we did that episode now, I'd be a little nicer to the game because it is a really fucking good game. <laughs> well, what I said, I I I basically just thought. Just a really good, solid Mario game, but it didn't really seem to do anything that really blew my mind. It was just a great Mario game, that, and that's, that's all it needs to be. That's where I've come um, around on it is that I think it actually really did push some stuff. Um, and it's stuff that when we I played it when I was a kid a bit, and then I played it in preparation for that episode. Um, but I was playing a bunch of games, so I wasn't like worrying about really exploring the game i was just Um, playing playing it as i normally would and then recently i've explored it more and there's stuff like i mean there's a built-in difficulty system into the game mm -hmm. where you can choose to not do a certain you know those levels where you hit the button and it makes certain yeah um you can choose to not do that if you wanted a more challenging experience. Like stuff yeah, like that was kind of groundbreaking at the time. It was like, um, but before I get cool. drawn and quartered, before I get drawn and quartered by anybody <laughs> on the internet or Reddit, um, yes, Sonic the Hedgehog came out, Street Fighter Two, Super Castlevania Four, Streets of Rage, yeah. uh, Turtles in Time, which I love. Uh, yeah, nineteen ninety one was a banger year. But for our third year, um. We're back in the 21st century, and we got 2002. Yeah, we, we neither of us picked that out. That was just a random, random year generator. We use yeah our number generator, and whatever. I think it's a perfect year, um, Sip. because it really means we're covering, you know, 91. 2002 2012 we're covering three different three decades. decades there that's a really great spread um but also it turns out and also interestingly kind of a cool enough, year for gaming uh it honestly was and and yeah. another interesting thing about this year 
as it goes for this series, it's just like 91 and 2012. It's at the early stages of that decade of that era. Yeah. It's another kind of turning point. Um, it's also an era generations that... and so, you know, as a kid and a teenager, I got into the uh, SNES era, but this 2002 is getting the era that of the a- games that we actually grew up with. Yes. No, these are games I played. That's fun at for us. the time. <laughs> um, yeah. Now, I will say not all of these I played right when they came out or anything, but same, within yeah. the same couple years that it came out. Um, and there's a few of these that I did play as a kid, but not until a f- uh, closer to like 2006 or seven, but, um, either way, they are all games I played as a kid. There's a few, there's a couple here that I did not play. There's quite a few here that I did not play until I, the last couple months. And found ways I'm like, holy shit, there's a couple here that I have the system for. When I when it came out and I didn't play the game and I'm like holy shit I was missing out, uh, we'll get to that. I think there's a yeah a big elephant in the room. <laughs> really get into that. We have a couple segments here that we got to do. Oh yeah, so uh, before yeah before we get into this, uh, what are you drinking, Colton? I'm drinking a margarita. Um, I uh, I don't know what type of tequila it is. Um, non- I, so it's been a long day. I was at work. I'm recording pretty much. I got home from work and then made a drink and jumped on. Zoom. Yeah, you did. I took home some tequila shooters and some uh, Grand Gala, which is the orange liqueur. It's um, ambiguous and a, tequila and a lime. And uh, <laughs> oh, no, I remember Camarina, Camarina tequila, Grodinger's tequila. Camarina no, is there. Um, mm. I was saying I didn't know because I threw away the shooters while I was making the uh, drink and didn't think to keep one of the bottles with me to, to talk about it. Um, Camarina <laughs> you don't just carry empty shooters on you. <laughs> no, uh, Camarina tequila. It's um, I'm not a tequila guy. I generally don't like it unless it's in a mixed drink. Um, but for the Same price, here. it's a very decent tequila. Um, so I made a little margarita. And if I get bored of that or I finish it, I have a little box wine. Nice. That is a little box wine. It is like a little a box of wine. milk. It's, <laughs> it's um five hundred it really milliliters. Is. Uh, it's a little little box wine. <laughs> I work nice. at a I I work at a liquor store, so I just kind of bring home things. That's sometimes. always nice. Yeah. Um, sometimes when I, I have about I have about four or five shooters of whiskey just on my desk here that I have not opened because I have a tendency to just bring home shooters. They're ready because I'm like leaving. I'm like <laughs> fuck it. I'll just bring home a shooter and then I don't drink them necessarily. Eventually I will, but <laughs> eventually when you're desperate or you know. So this is one of those. I just brought I, home some shooters and I'm like, I could make a margarita. So I'm going to do that. There was um a shooter of vodka <laughs> that one of my friends got for my birthday. Not my last birthday, the birthday before that. I got it. I got the present, the shooter, and then I stuffed it into my sock drawer. 
basically so I could forget about it and then happen upon it later on. Well, a year later, I happened upon it and I drank it. Nice. And it was bad. It, I, I forget what. Uh, oh, you're screen sharing now. Ooh. Uh, Camarina tequila. That's that's what I'm drinking. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's decent. I am drinking, but tonight I'm drinking same thing I had last episode. Actually, I didn't go out and buy anything else. Um, trying to spend money on other things and save, you know. But, right. <laughs> but, um, Understandable. More right. of a cane rock spice rum. Mm, yeah, which I'm really enjoying. I I mean, I just streak on the rocks, perfect, and also some Coors Banquet for a good measure. Classic. I love Coors Banquet. I've become very fond recently because of our Twilight commentaries of Rainier, though. <laughs> yeah, it's not bad, not bad at all. I'm drinking in Charlie's honor, honor. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, that's what yeah. we're drinking. And we've already decent drinks. We didn't a, we didn't go out our way, but I thought I thought for gaming, the only gaming beer that we had at the store that I work at um, was that Zelda one. Well, is yeah, we had the Zelda one and the Mario themed one from Level Brewing, but we've had both oh, yeah. of those on the show before for the previous gaming episodes. Mm-hmm. So I thought, the, well, the only other gaming drink we had was um, Estus Flask for Dark Souls, right? So I thought uh, my my thought process was um, if there's no beer that's really in theme, I'll just what's 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 in theme for a gamer? Um, a really a really uh, hastily put together margarita in a not margarita oh, if I, glass. If, if I wanted to make a gaming drink, I would get some Mountain Dew and put a shot of rum in it. Spice rum and Mountain Dew. <laughs> oh my god uh i we we sell ultimate we, gamer drink we sell at our liquor store um they become really popular and they sound disgusting i've not tried them monster makes an alcoholic i haven't drink. had um, that sounds awful but i will say people love them though. Mount, mountain dew has a hard silt well it's not even a seltzer really but they have hard mountain dew i'm not say, mountain dew just has a hard seltzer <laughs> It's hard Mountain Dew. Oh my god! And um, it tastes just like the soda, but it gets you drunk. I mean, it's that—that's bad. On one hand, that should yes, not exist. It tastes good. It tastes like like they have the watermelon one, and it tastes just like the major melon Mountain Dew. That's the best flavor. The cherry one that tastes like crap, but the watermelon's good, and it's. Yeah, it's got enough bite to it where you do know you're drinking a hard drink, but not so much. Once you get the first down, it just feels like you're drinking soda. I mean, that could that could legitimately be dangerous. Really bad I, 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 don't, I don't I don't mean just for like people like you and me, but although I hate Mountain Dew, I, I used to like it when I was in middle school. But Mountain Dew or die, I can't fucking do it anymore. I do it. Um, <laughs> And I got zero Mountain Dew. Um, but like legit, like if you had some if in in some states where you can buy stuff like that at a gas station, say you had someone who is sober, mm-hmm. they don't drink at all, and they buy that not realizing it's alcoholic. 
and, and then they, they can't drink, read and then they drink it and they <laughs> i'm more well, worried <laughs> well no legit like i've actually heard stories of that of like these like energy drinks these like alcoholic drinks like four locos who take that taste like an energy drink and they look like an energy drink True. and i've actually seen stuff online about like someone drank one who was sober not realizing it even had alcohol in it and then went and drove oh. around and it's like, yeah, it's That's an accident, and it, they and they were fine, but it was like, well, potentially, what if they got pulled over speeding, and the and then the cop was like, you been true, you know that. Well, oh, that's, that's why you have to read the label. Yeah, <laughs> but um, let's get into our bits of news real quick, and then we'll get into this topic. Oh yeah. Um, my bit of news is that I saw Cocaine Bear, and it's. <laughs> takes place in the 80s let me get the cast um <laughs> it was insane in the best ways it did not take itself seriously one bit it was still on the premise that it's based on a true story even though it obviously um was a comedy uh well dark comedy i guess um but it's in the 1980s it's about a just pounds and pounds of cocaine that get thrown out of plane by drug smugglers lands in Tennessee and a bear eats it. It's cocaine and a bear in the eighties. Everything about that is an intrinsically rad, right? <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. Ray Liotta is in it. Carrie Russell. Ray O'Shea Liotta. What? Yeah. He's in it. O'Shea uh, Jackson <laughs> jr. That's ice ice Cube's son. Uh, one of the guys from Game of Thrones, Eldon Einreich, Han Solo, <laughs> oh <my laughs> or have, however you pronounce his name. But it's, um, no, it was a lot of fun, though, like to waste your mind away at a cinema for 90 minutes. I mean, you get your money's worth. It's it's one of those movies. It, it kind of reminds me of like the Anaconda movies or like we're going to you know, we're going to talk about Ray Liotta later. Those cheap B movies, uh, where it's just like, oh, Mega Gator or whatever. Yeah. It's just a movie trying to be a movie. It's not trying to be art. It's sometimes it is what that's it is. okay. It's cocaine bear. Sometimes yeah. that's yeah. <laughs> I saw something online <laughs> recently where some guy complained, like, oh, you know why people don't go to movies anymore because of all this crap that's coming out. And someone responded, to, like an older guy responded to it, going. Do you really think that people used to go to movies because the movies were better? Like, no, they went to movies because it was cheap. You go get some popcorn. And to be entertained. Yeah, yeah. He's like, we didn't give a shit if it was a good movie or not. Sit on your ass for 90 minutes and be entertained. And I appreciate just a 90-minute straight-to-the-point film. Also, my other bit of uh, news, this is also film-related, I saw Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. How was that? It actually um, looks kind of cool. It's legitimately one of the best animated movies I've seen. Uh, of the, I mean, it's on par with Spider-Verse. Wow. Kinda That's has saying a, a lot because the, the, the previous Puss in Boots movie that they did, they did was kind of crap. And it was just in that <laughs> weird, awkward, uh, uncanny animation that Shrek was. Like more realistic right. at that point, but it was still still that capturing weird that. animation. <laughs> yeah, no, but um, nice. This is the last witch. I mean, it, yeah, and Ter- Antonio Banderas came back for it. Salma Hayek, um, 
I love John Mulaney's um, John Mulaney's Little Jack Horner, nice. a horrible person in the movie. Um, and but the main villain is Death. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's done really well, and it's just yeah, great animation, fun. There's bits where he when he's in a when he's fighting, it goes to 24 frames a second, like Spider Verse. Mm. It definitely takes stuff from that, but it has a unique uh, art design. It like the backgrounds look like an oil painting, and some of the characters are shaded that way. But mm. like on Puss in Boots, he still has like realistic fur particles and stuff. But it's like with a, that oil painting filter over it. it. It's really cool to look at, though. It's it's nice. a lot of fun. And That's pretty cool. It's hinting towards the next Shrek proper Shrek movie, which I assume is going to be done in the same style. I would love. If I would they hope did so. Shrek. I think that'd be cool. Um, but either way, yeah, really great movie. And those nice. are two movies that are on the opposite spectrums yeah. of cinema. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Not just because uh, one's animated and one's not. No, it's <laughs> it's not really fair to compare that. But, um, yeah, I uh, I haven't watched anything super cool recently. Uh, although I I just while we're on this segment, I do want to say, um, I have become very interested. I I this movie I passed off as sounding like it would be stupid the moment they announced it and showed any trailers, but I've seen more promo trailers and stuff. And I'm actually kind of being sold on it is the uh, dungeons and dragons with Chris Pine. I know it looks fun. Um, It kind of has that energy of like a bunch of drunk friends playing D and D. Yeah. At least the main characters like Um, D and D party shenanigans. The movie, like it kind of, I'm kind of being sold on it. Like, okay. Okay, I can see this. <laughs> I can it makes me want to play D and D again. Yeah, we like have really bad. In a while. I miss it. Um, we, should. we should. We should do that again. We could. We could. Hell, we could. Uh, we could do it for a podcast episode. Even we could. Uh, oh, we definitely. could record that over Zoom. We. I. I play D and D with uh, Tristan and Gibson. Um, Discord. Yeah, on Discord, like a while back. Nice. Yeah. Anything else? No, I don't really have. I don't have much news this week. Okay. Um, well, let's get into this. So, if I if I change my mind, game. that'll be a tangent. It will be. <laughs> yeah, I'll explain it when we get to it. When we cross <laughs> that bridge. <laughs> Anyways, video games and time. That's the name of the series. It's never changing. I don't care what you think. Uh, but yeah, two thousand two. What a year! What a era! Pretty damn 2000s. good year in games. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it honestly um, that, is. I want to make fun of it, but it's really hard to when it has uh, good games <laughs> like yeah. this. But um, so some of the standout. So this before we get into the games that release, just a little precursor. So this is just coming out. This is in a in between phase, essentially between like the N sixty four era, PS one era, and going into playstation 2 era yeah and like like the playstation 2 is out but the ps1 has not been phased out yet no it's not phased like, out but this is when 3d games weren't just a 3d games were not just a special thing anymore it was evolving to the point where 
most games were either 3D or a retro callback with, you know, like Game Boy Advance. But yeah. And we'll get into in which Game, Game Boy, Boy Advance. Advance is kind of I know it's 32 uh, bits, right? Or is it 64? It is a 32 bit console. Um, 32, but in practice, it's a 16 bit. Yeah, in practice, but well, because because there's of, more going on with its. Uh, it's we'll get into the into the GBA. It's a it's an important. But the GBA thing is this, huge, yeah. very important system. Well, portable system. I had it. It was amazing. I had it too. I had it in uh, 2001 <laughs> when it came out for Christmas. Nice. Yeah, that was. And then I eventually <laughs> went to the Game Boy SD or whatever it was, which still played advanced games. I had that. Uh, well, um, the Game Boy SD is a Game Boy Advance. It was the next. It just yeah, the, just the flip up. The some flip people version. say it's the better version. I am still very fond of the original form factor, though. I mean, it's just different. Exactly, it's different form factor. It didn't. The 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 SP was better in screen, most ways. Bigger flip screen or just a nice yeah. compact. The SP had a better screen. I mean, in many ways, it was actually just a better console, except for it was not backwards compatible with Game Boy Color. And Game mm-hmm. Boy, like the original Advance was, same way that the um, when the Nintendo DS came out, they did the DS and the DS Lite, and they were backwards compatible with GBA. But when the yeah, next DS say, version came out, they removed that. I would argue that the Game Boy Advance is more important for portable gaming systems than the Game Boy was. And I know, yeah. heresy, um, right? Because yeah. the Game Boy was original, but the Game Boy Advance took that idea in that base model and expanded it where, well, obviously the original Game Boy was black and white, very rudimentary graphics, rudimentary sound. The only good thing about it was the fact that you could play games on the go. Yeah. How, and the original and Game, the Boy Game Boy had some color. great games too, though, but yeah. Yes. But then you get the Game Boy Color, and that takes it to the next step. Oh, now you can play games with better graphics and actual colors. Okay, great. But then you get the Game Boy Advance, and that's where it really felt like, no, this isn't just like a gimmick. This is its own yeah, legitimate system within the space. It, it, it changed it from you have a Game Boy, and you're just playing these little games because you because you're either you're on the go or because you don't have a console versus the Game Boy Advance. Oh yeah, maybe you're had its own that games that gave you a reason to play that system even if you had a console. Well, one of the best like, games or possibly the best game of this year was on the Game Boy Advance. At least in my opinion. Really? In a lot yeah, of people's yeah. opinions, yeah. actually. I mean, I mean, also <laughs> uh, also another thing to be said is again, like you said, this is the 3D era, and this is well into the 3D era. Um, it's not a gimmick anymore. Um, but it's still dominating. Nowadays, we're used to there's plenty of indie games that uh, adopt the 2D platformer style, the Metroidvania thing. Mm. Um or 2.5D, you know. This 2002 was an error, error, era. It was an error. Yeah, it was an error. <laughs> it didn't. It didn't. It didn't never wasn't supposed year. to happen. Um, it was yeah, an era where. Yeah. <laughs> it was an era where um, AAA games were not doing platformers. They were not doing two D stuff at all. No, that was phasing out. And the GBA. And... I mean, I mean, if you love, if you're listening to this and you like games like uh, like uh, Hollow Knight, uh, 
if you like Metroid Prime, if you like games like that, Basically, any you, Metroidvania. you owe those the existence of those games to the Game Boy Advance because the Game Boy Advance is pretty much, in my opinion, single-handedly responsible for preserving the 2D side-scrolling genre of video games. Well, yeah, it kept that like, genre, that medium alive yeah. well into the 3D era. Yeah, long enough for people to get over the all big AAA games need to be 3D. Mm -hmm. And then they started making AAA games that were 2D. But um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, I would say if it wasn't wasn't for the Game Boy Advance, it might be a lot harder to access these games. Yeah, I mean, so like Metroid Prime is the first 2D Metroid game. since Prime's 3D, that's uh GameCube. Um, not Prime, yeah. Uh, Fusion. Metroid, Fu- um, uh, not Fusion. Um, the newest, uh, Metroid Dread. Dread. So Metroid Dread, Dread on Nintendo yeah. Switch, which is it's, a sequel to Fusion. It's the first Metroid game, um, that has been on a main Nintendo console since, uh, that is a 2D side-scrolling since Super Metroid. Fusion. No, so, well, like on a main console. Oh, on the main console, yeah. Uh, Since Metroid, uh, Super Metroid, because all of the in-between games came out on Game Boy and DS. And Advance. Yeah. No, yeah, that's true. Um, Since we're on it, yeah, thanks to your, the Anbeard Nick, um, I've been playing a shit ton of Metroid Fusion. It's awesome. And it is amazing. (laughs) Not just the graphical. I love the look of if a Game Boy Advance game is done right, 32 gig. Um, I mean, not gig, but 32 bit. Um, it, it can have such smooth, beautiful sprites and pixel yeah. art. Oh yeah, it's just so smooth. And it's 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 Metro crazy Fusion. that that I've been going. You know, we're going back to these old games, and Metro Fusion is a perfect example. It of- feels so ahead of its time just if, in gameplay and if feel, this game were to come out as an indie game now it would not feel dated both visually right, yeah. and <laughs> gameplay wise i'm just like like visually it like, looks like wise, something an indie developer would come out with it essentially plays the same as dread and that's commending the developers of metroid dread because they kept that feel the same of yeah. metroid fusion was basically the hype of classic metroid that style metroidvania 2d and it was the peak of that and there is another metroid game that came out on the gba um i'm gonna look it up right now uh and it came out the same year or not the same year no Um, okay different year um 2004 came Metroid Zero Fusion. Okay. And now I understand in the Ooh. Metroid fandom, there is an argument, a disagreement on which game is better, Fusion or oh, Zero yeah. Mission. Or Zero Fusion. Um, I have not played Metroid Zero Mission, but I will say Metroid Fusion is fucking awesome. It's, yeah, it, it's of, just fire. It's, I mean, it's, it, it, I mean we're talking about it now game. because that's how the conversation just flowed. But otherwise, I would save it for later because... 
This is probably out of all the games that came out this year, the one that in this replay, I mean, last few months, I got the most sucked into. Sometimes <laughs> you want to save the best for last, but yeah, it's so good. It's though. fun. It's, just is it gonna? Are they porting it to Switch? <laughs> they might because Mitchell they've announced Fusion will uh, be the next. It yeah, you can get Game Boy Advance on Switch now. Yeah, which is yeah, a super they're porting cool, it. That's a really cool announcement they made. I think that's awesome. Um, well, you have to have the expansion pass, but if you don't have the expansion pass, you'll get Game Boy and Game Boy Color games, which is still cool. Um, so, um, but yeah, Metroid Fusion, like, I I spent it was the saving rocks. grace for me. I spent um, back in January. I went. I had to get my brakes done on my car, so, and I sat. When it came a, out, um, yeah. Oh, sorry, or, go. Oh, I was saying, I sat in a Jiffy Lube for eight hours, about because they took fucking forever to do anything on my car, um, and I played Metroid Fusion the entire time. Nice. That's <laughs> a great way to kill time. So, of the time, the reception. So, Nintendo World Report and Eurogamer called it the best 2D Metroid game and the best Game Boy Advance game so far. Game Informer uh, described it as everything you could want from a Game Boy Advance game from beginning to end, giving it a perfect review score. Wow. Uh, Play described it as magnified, modified, and improved version of everything great from Metroid and Super Metroid. I couldn't agree anymore. I mean, <laughs> Yeah, pretty much sums it up. I mean, I think this is a hint at um, how I feel about the 2002 as a year in general. Of yeah, maybe it's not as defining iconic as 1991 was, but things like Metroid Fusion coming out, keeping the 2D side-scrolling Metroid games alive, and still being as good as it is and relevant and relevant. Yeah. yeah and, and, and relevant um, is way more important than it might seem on the surface. If you just looked at this. So um, sales Metroid fusion sold over 1.6 million units worldwide. It's debut week. Fusion sold more than a hundred thousand units in North America, United States alone. It's total revenues was 5 million, 5.5 million making it the third best selling game boy advance game that month. 10th best-selling game across all platforms. By August 2006, sold 940,000 copies with revenues of 27 million. So also, it was I don't no know slouch if you when it came this. to sales I, either. Maybe this is just the ROM that we have on this uh, Embernic. When you boot up Metro Fusion, before it gets to the title screen under the little credits... It says Metroid 4. Yeah, like this considered is considered Metroid 4, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, this is can, canonically like the actually yeah. Metroid 4. Mm -hmm. um, um, now, <laughs> it just so happens the same year, there was another revolutionary game that came out. I, I, I do want to. I, I do want to ask you if you if you recall okay. uh, on Metro Fusion how far into the game you made it before we'd recorded this. I made it to the bit where you're in the electrified water and you have to like okay. clear that all out. That's kind I'm, of where I got stuck. I'm not going to lie. I got uh, stuck on that for a long time. I'm just barely past you. Um, I'm okay. at the boss fight right after that. Or I, oh, nice, I, nice. I just beat the boss. Actually. It, it took me nice. like 
30 times honestly like i got really stuck on that oh uh, it's a tough game um that's um, so oh uh, that's uh i, I have a metroid up. i have it booted up here right now that's a sector four nice to see your map for those listening for <laughs> um and for those listening definitely if whatever means uh possible that you have whether you play on emulator rom or you just have a game Boy advance on hand play this uh definitely yeah Give this a try. Even if you're not a fan of Metroidvania, I'm sure you're going to be surprised by this one. It's a but really another revolutionary solid. game came out this year. Also Metroid. <laughs> Nintendo's got two wins. <laughs> this one I did not wins. get around to playing. Metroid um, Prime. Yeah. Now, okay, let me preface this by the fact I didn't play the original Metroid Prime when I was a kid. It, I played two and mostly um, three. I ended up going back and playing Prime around the time I was playing three. I was like, well, I got to go back and play the first one. Mm-hmm. However, the kid in me has been uh, awakened once again because during Nintendo Direct, Nintendo just dropped, oh, we're releasing Metroid Prime Remastered, by the way, and it's out now. Yeah, that was such a fucking wild <laughs> what a mic uh, drop that yeah my, my fucking mic drop like, everyone everyone i i follow these directs and the kind of the fandom around it a bit um and everyone was like oh this nintendo direct is kind of going to be there's some rumors about maybe metroid prime yeah. um they're probably going to show some more well, i remember um, telling you i was like Kingdom. man like i was i was talking to you i was like oh i wonder when they're ever going to re-release metroid prime yeah and, and then, and like, then, a and then week the fucking later. mic drop. And, and they start showing the trailer, and everyone's like, "Holy shit!" Like, right, Metroid Prime. That's awesome. And then at the well, end, um, they go, "And you can download it now." So I didn't even hesitate. I bought it. I downloaded it on the Switch. It plays great. It looks great. It's nice and uh, nice. A new, uh, shiny coat of fresh paint on Metroid Prime, and. Yeah, it looks nice. It still plays the same. You can play with more modernized controls, but um, and they have like a default controls, mixed controls. But I play with default, and it's just man, this game means so much to me nice. as a gamer because while I love Doom and I praise it because it was one of the first FPS games I played. It wasn't the first. It was Metroid Prime. <laughs> or at least that series. Um, I think the first, yeah, the first one I played was two, like I said. But uh, Prime just, it changed the way I thought about games. Like what a game could be. See, that, that's how I Because I, I didn't about, play the um, first Halo. That's how I feel about Halo. That's how I feel about Doom. So when I say, mm-hmm. you say like, you you respect Doom, you love Doom, but it's not the first. Mine is the same, except for where your Metroid Prime sits in there. For me, it's Halo. Halo I, came a little... For me, Halo came slightly after... I mean, it was around the same time. But, well, let me put it this way. I, I'm sure I might have played Halo at my friend's house or something, but Metroid Prime was the first game I played by myself that I had in my home. Mm-hmm. That was FPS, 3D, exploring, yeah, linear linear world, but uh, well-crafted level design. And it just, 
And it threw me off. It threw me for a loop. And honestly, for the longest time, it was one of the only FPS games that didn't really intimidate me. Um, it felt, it just felt natural. And it was actually, I may have played the original Metroid and Super Metroid in the past, like prior to this. Mm-hmm. But to my knowledge, it is the first Metroid game I ever owned. That I ever played myself and owned. And it's great. I mean, I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna say right now. So there's a few games on this list that um, even though I wanted to play, I didn't either. I wasn't either able to or didn't get around to. And this is one that I I didn't opt to spend the money to buy the game on the switch when they announced it so i me it was i've never played this game i've and and this is i'm gonna admit this i've never played any 3d metroid game i've only ever played well ones it's time for you Um, to jump into it because primary masters out and they also the physical copies are going for like six hundred dollars now yeah which is fucking insane no, and no, I mean, I'm, I, no, I mean of the remaster. The remaster? Are yeah. you serious? Like, uh, I'm going to pull no. it up right now. Um, but, um, and Prime 4 is coming out probably this year. I think that's why they went ahead, got the remaster out early this year to get hype for that series again and for that style of Metroid game. And it's still a Metroidvania. Just okay, the they've calmed, they, it's calmed down. They're going for okay. $60. On eBay. Okay, that's normal price. That's that's well, slightly over actually. Well, it's, it's actually overpriced, yeah. but yeah, it's a little over. For for a but few minutes great. there, people were listing them for like six hundred. Um, <laughs> so Metroid Prime became one of the best selling games on the GameCube. And yep, the GameCube. I love that system. It's one I of the would, best I systems one. I think like, Nintendo's <laughs> ever made. Um, I never had one. Fun. My cousins had a little one intro and, bit. And, my cousins had one, and every single time I was hanging out with my cousins, GameCube. That's that's all we fucking did, and it was awesome. I love that system. GameCube is just a dope-ass system. Yeah. And wait, before I get into more of the stats, let me screen share with you. I got to show you something. And if this ends up going on the recording, I don't care. You shouldn't either. It's fine. But Nintendo just don't see this. Uh, it didn't. It it didn't show up in the record. I didn't hear it, but I know I I could hear it though. Just by seeing it. Yeah. I thought I was sharing my audio too. Uh, whatever. But um, no, no, no. The audio didn't yeah. share, but I I can hear it though. Um, yeah, <laughs> so many memes, but um, so yeah, Metroid Prime. Let me get back to its stats here. So, yeah, one of the best selling games on GameCube that's a no brainer. Second best selling game of November 2002 in North America, just behind, and we'll be talking about this one next. Great segue GTA Vice City sold 250,000 units in first week. As of July 2006, the game has sold more than 1.49 million copies in the U.S. alone and earned more than 50 million U.S. dollars. Also, the eighth best-selling GameCube game in Australia. And 
I mean, that's it's respectable. That's that's and Nintendo at the time described it as not a first person shooter, but a first person adventure game. And I think that's a great way to explain it. Yeah. It it still has all the Metroidvania elements, all the platforming. I mean, elements for for being uh solving I mean, for puzzles. The GameCube being a console that uh honestly is probably Nintendo's worst selling console other than the Wii U. Yeah. It's, which is uh, which it's crazy because I have wrong. such fond memories just... of the GameCube playing it at my cousins with my cousins and stuff like that. Well, that the GameCube when, was when going I, up when against when I actually, Goliaths. When I actually, yeah, when I when I actually look PlayStation at PlayStation Two and I see like Xbox, yeah, you know, the 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 GameCube was kind of not a failure, but like it wasn't a massive success for Nintendo. Considering how great of a console it is and how many iconic games were on it. But some of the the a lot of the games were. Yeah. So that um, helped kind of build itself. But, but considering a console that was probably the the least set the, the, the worst selling console of its era, um matching it's an amazing console. Matching you know, only just coming behind Vice City, that's kind of a big deal. For for Metroid yeah. Prime, um, like Wired ranked this game Metroid Prime as uh, Tim Finn's list of the fifteen most influential games of the decade for popularizing exploration. I'm sorry, I've been drinking and I'm tired. I've been up since like seven. Exploration, <laughs> puzzle solving, platforming, story among first person shooters, saying that the game was breaking the genre free from the clutches of Doom. Basically showing that first person shooter doesn't that just that sounds have to be way more badass than it is. <laughs> it doesn't have to just rely on doom. It doesn't have to rely on just being a shooter. There's more you can do with that yeah. type of game. You can you can do platforming, you can do puzzle solving and along with shooting it, but you know it's but yeah, it's just one of those games that will always be um you know, one of my fundamental foundational games. I mean, when you look at as a gamer, you look at modern FPS shooters. Take for example, Doom Eternal, which I've been playing a bit on the Switch. Rad. My one word review is um, rad. Yeah. Um. <laughs> um. <laughs> that game has platforming and puzzle solving and stuff like that in it. I mean, that's all stuff that the genre owes to like games like Metroid Prime. No, exactly. Even though I've not played Metroid and Prime, I recognize that. Like, kind of a big no. Deal. You, yeah, you gotta play it. Um, but since we mentioned it, um, let's talk about the next elephant in the room: Vice City. Yep, Ray Liotta. He was in that. He's was Tommy. He? He's he was the main a, character. He's, he's Tommy. To, yeah. He's, yeah. <laughs> he's Tommy. Um, That's Ray Liotta and Danny Trejo's in it. Um, I did not realize that. I don't remember which character Danny Trejo plays. Uh, wow. Um, Umberto. He plays Umberto. He plays the guy that looks like Danny Trejo. Nice. Because I love um, so Danny Trejo's trademark. If you have a screenshot that of that, you can please show me. Yeah, I'll show you. Um, you have any images? But, I love that Danny Trejo's trademark essentially is that he's just always Danny Trejo. Oh yeah. Just um, in whatever, yeah. Whatever he's in. Um 
So Vice City, I never <laughs> owned it or had it in my house. Yeah, that's true. Yep. Danny Trail. Yep. Nice. <laughs> but it's um I would play it at my friend's house or at my uncle's house because I wasn't allowed to play GTA at that time. Yeah, and same really. Vice City from my core memories, Vice City was the most fun. Just I, the theme of it being in Miami and the neon and the eighties vibes, just it one of my most favorable GTA games I've played as so, a child, someone not knowing what it I was. had never played Vice City. Until before, before this. This? Yeah. <laughs> I had played I mean, I'm not gonna sit here and say I played it. I had played time, pretty much every other GTA game, except for the weird like spinoffs, um, and I never played one and two, Chinatown or whatever. Um, yeah, never played any of those. <laughs> um, but three and four and five and San Andreas, I all play. I played those to an extent, even if it was just at a friend's house. But I don't. Well, I don't think I ever played Vice City before. I've preparing for this episode. I've played San Andreas four and obviously five way more than Vice City, but I have more fond memories of Vice City. I uh, yeah I get yeah um and um, yeah and I got the definitive trilogy on the Switch. I didn't bother mm-hmm. getting it on PC or PlayStation because at that point it's yeah. a waste of money, uh, a poor port. But on I the Switch, I it's got fine. it. Up. I've been playing it on the Switch. It's fine. There are issues, of course. Yeah, and they um, made some but decisions consi- with <laughs> considering it's on the switch. Like it's, I find myself well, yeah, being more forgiving. Portable. Yeah, I find myself yeah, being more forgiving of it. Um, there's more of a novelty. If we ever get around to playing San Andreas, I own the original version the original. of San Andreas on nice. PC. And I've been playing the Steam Deck, so I can play it on that. Um, the thing is, nowadays, you can't buy the original versions of the game just at all. Not digitally. Buy, yeah. Um, unless you buy it on eBay or if you ripped, a, yeah. you ripped it somewhere. So like the Definitive Edition or... is just the only version you can play. Um, I don't know. There are issues with the Definitive Edition. I think some people blow it out of proportion as like they're like, this is one of the worst ports ever done. I'm like... Well, I mean, it's definitely well, I not think a you have good two port. camps. I think you have two camps. I think you had the people that were expecting like remake quality, like in the GTA Five graphic style and everything. Yeah, and then you have the people that were like, "Why even remaster in the first place?" Yeah. But there's not a lot of people that are like, oh, it should be remastered, but they shouldn't do it realistic. It should just be a cartoon, cartoony vibe. And they definitely made a decision by. I I will say I haven't played the definitive edition of San Andreas. Well, Vice City, for but example. But with like, Vice City specifically, um, and I might I might feel differently with San Andreas if I get around to playing the definitive edition version of that. But I think Vice, it works best for Vice City. And that's yeah, what gonna, most people say. I was gonna say Vice City, I don't mind it. Because here's no, the thing it fits is that style 
people that are colorful, people vibrant. are upset that like they're like uh, GTA. Yeah, it can be goofy, but it has its serious moments. It should have serious graphics. I'm like, well, well, um, like Vice yes City's always no. had it. Like Vice City's always had that more vibrant, saturated look to it. Yeah, San Andreas has more of a yellow, uh, kind of a warm brownish tone to the whole game. Mm-hmm. Um, three's very just grays and cool colors, and that, um, and then four is extremely gray. That was brown during the gray even. and yeah, brown, the brown era of gaming, <laughs> which is a thing, definitely. New Vegas is a prime example. Resident Evil 4, very yep. brown game. <laughs> yep. Very brown color. No, probably. but uh <laughs> Vice City though. I mean it's it's kind of a cool color tone, but not like cool in the not like gray cool, like blue cool kind of. It's well, and like I said, saturated and garish. Yeah. Um, but in a fun way, it's I mean, it's here's a the thing silly with, game. with GTA in general. I think with the exception of the only two exceptions would be, I think, GTA 3 and 4. GTA is a goofy fucking series. Oh, yeah. Super goofy. So when people are like, oh, I don't like this art style. It's too goofy. I'm like, do you know what game you're playing? <laughs> like, it's GTA. Like it's never. The only exceptions are GTA Three because GTA Three had no personality at all. No, it was just um, literally just three D GTA. I know some one. people love GTA Three. I don't. There's no. It has no fucking personality. Yeah, at the time it was great. But, it's stupid fun, but but there's no personality there. And the other exception no. being GTA Four. Because GTA 4, I would argue, is the most dark series of the entire series. And it's, but even GTA yeah, 4 and... has its goofiness. It's just that it no, 4 grounds does, you. Every... It's just that GTA 4 grounds you with Nico Bellic being the most grounded, serious, dark character every of, the, time, like, of the series. Every time much. I played 4, that. GTA 4 is the game that kind of scared me and made me paranoid the most playing as a kid. Uh-huh. It felt just so much. It felt real to me. It felt like the real world to me in a lot of ways. Just mm-hmm. the brown color tone, the dingy streets of Liberty City. It just was gross, grimy, and just. But it e- felt even a little GTA all too 4 real has as a kid. silly stuff, though, in it. But Vice City, that Vice was City. one. Even as a, even as a kid, I would play that and just have so much fun with it, just because of the whole vibe of it. Vice uh, City is the epitome of the silliness of GTA. San Andreas kind of falls in between those. I two. think the only other game that comes close to the silliness of five um, is Five. Yeah, San Andreas, I five think, gets... hits the sweet spot of. It's silly, but touches on some serious topics. And it's also gritty and real, you know, and whatever. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I mean, so. But here's here's my quick review of Vice City as someone who had never played it before. One, it was a lot more difficult than I expected it to be. It's kind of there are moments right. in the game where it kind of throws a lot at you at once and goes just fucking deal with it. <laughs> um, which 
on one hand, in some cases, just felt like bad game design. But on the other hand, it was only the second 3D GTA game, right? Yeah. So in certain situations, it felt like bad game design. But on the other hand, in certain situations, it did feel good, though. It was kind of a nice challenge at, at times. So um, most reviewers um, of the so it didn't get quite the um esteem score that some people would maybe think it did. Um, got about seven or eight on most sites, and most people admired the graphics and the engine and the lighting and everything. But I can't comment on that because I've never the controls, the, the controls and the gameplay is what um. Um, I noticed Most reviewers seem to disfavor. However, it's, it's the worst controlling GTA game I've played. Well, you're playing the better version of it. Yeah, and even that with more modernized. Well, it's more San Andreas style controls. But even then, I really felt like it was. It's awkward. And were kind of awkward. Yeah, it's awkward. Um, um but it was not only. At the time, the fastest selling game in history in 2002. Wow. It was the highest selling game in 2002. So it sold 1.4 million copies. Um, and by 2004, it sold 5.97 million. And by 2007, 8.2 million. Wow. And Holy shit. just by 2006, uh, earned more than $300 million in the U.S. alone. Yeah. Wow. And it was ranked <laughs> as the highest selling game launch for PlayStation 2, Xbox, or GameCube between January 2000 and 2006 in that uh in the country, beating Grand Theft Auto 3 and San Andreas. Wow. I mean, San Andreas so, didn't even beat it. So like I said, I found in my review, I I found it the difficulty be difficulty to be not what I expected. And the other big kind of criticism I had of it, which in hindsight, this shouldn't be surprising because whereas you have games like GTA 3, which practically had no story. I mean, there was a story, but the story existed to give you the gameplay. Yeah. And then games like San Andreas, which is my favorite GTA game, um, having a very, very good story, in my opinion. Um, GTA... Vice City, I found it at least at first a lot more difficult to follow than I expected. It doesn't tell you a lot. No. It kind of just throws you in the world. It just throws you in the world, gives you a little cutscene with uh, here's something to do, and then you go do it, and they give you a little cutscene, and it takes a while for the story to for you to kind of come to grasp on what the fuck is even going on. Yeah. And that's no, it's, it's definitely it's a not nonsense like, game. It's not the worst criticism yeah. ever because I will say in the context of the style of the game, that's not terrible that it does it that way. It's just like, no, it was jarring it's for me readable. coming from, San Andreas, which is the next game. So my my context for GTA was either three, where there's hardly a story at all. I mean, I know there is a story in GTA three, but again, it serves to give you gameplay. That's that's it. Yeah. 
And then coming from San Andreas, where there's a more in-depth story, I was expecting something more towards San Andreas when in reality it's more towards three in its storytelling. Yeah, no, it still so, feels more like that. Maybe that was just my expectations. I was expecting something a little bit more cohesive from the reputation right. that the game had. And no, I it's a mess that. around blow stuff up kind of GTA. <laughs> it still very much feels in the same kind of at least um attitude and uh, style as the top down GTA. Yeah. yeah. On the other hand though, Vice City is a fucking great setting and I hope they visit it again. That's what a lot of yeah. people want GTA 6 to be or think that'd be GTA awesome. I would love if they did Vice City again. That'd be so cool. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> um return to it the same way they returned to, you know, Los Santos with um yeah. GTA 5. I mean, it makes sense. Or they might return to Liberty City. I don't know. I hope they do I Vice City. Vice. It makes sense yeah, they did more... It's it's a pattern. They did they did Liberty City, Vice City, San Andreas. And now in the new era, they've done Liberty City and they've done San Andreas. So what's left? They should do Vice City. Yeah, I guess GTA 4 is the beginning of that new era, isn't it? Yeah, kind of the 3D era. The HD era. Yeah. Or the, yeah, the HD era, yeah. Or whatever you want to call it. Um, but moving on to another Goliath this year. And also very cherished, cherished for in my childhood, uh, Super Mario Sunshine. Yeah. I've never Did you ever play this, this one? Nope. Okay. <laughs> well, no, no. <laughs> what blows my mind about this, it's only the second official 3D Mario game. Yeah. First being 64. Yeah, there was like Mario Tennis and Golf or whatever, you know, but this was the first proper Mario title, a 3D Mario title since 64. And yeah, it introduces the um, the water gun thing. You fill up stuff, you suck up the water. There's a lot of swimming elements and it was groundbreaking in that aspect for its swimming le- water levels and all that. And um, it's just a really fun, it's just the perfect kind of Mario game. It, it's just it has a fun island theme. It's pretty straightforward with its story, as most Mario is. Uh oh, Bowser, he kidnaps Peach and the gang when they're on vacation. <laughs> and uh, but it's just it's just so fun and delightful. I mean, honestly, it's just a giddy little game. It gets me giddy thinking about it. I played it a ton when it came out at my friend's house, and then I ended up getting it myself. And yeah, it's just a happy little Mario game that happened to be revolutionary. And it gave us the Mario design that we have now. Yeah. The, uh, the 64 started that, but it was very polygonal and you could hardly, um, you can see how it comes into the 3d Mario that we have now, but sunshine was what, officially gave us that look that defining look and then the same developers sunshine would go on to make galaxy galaxy 2 and 
the best 3D games of the best 3D Mario games. Yeah. And it's and it was included in the Mario um 3D legacy pack or what's it called? Uh, All Stars? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, All Stars. I never got Which it. Nintendo doesn't sell anymore. I I missed I out. got it. I got the physical copy on sale for like 20 bucks. I remember they just had to get rid of it because Nintendo was taking it off the shelves. This is one of these uh those times that um I regret Which not is so buying fucked. something. Not just because I missed out on it, but because you warned me. I remember you said, mm-hmm. hey, they're not gonna be selling this anymore. It's on sale at Walmart. You should grab one. And I didn't. Yep. And looking back, I'm like, <laughs> fucking idiot, Colton. Like no. You should have listened to Jackson. Yeah. Jackson now, knows I must about say, these things. I played mostly Galaxy and a little bit of 64 and touched Sunshine a little bit. It's not because I don't like I obviously I love Sunshine, but it it was still kind of in that I didn't play it. It didn't hit me as hard as Galaxy did. Let's just put it that way. Galaxy um, was really good. Galaxy just changed um, the game, but have you played uh, Sunshine, have you played Odyssey yet? I've played so I've played awesome. Super Mario 3D, the mm-hmm. 3DS one that was ported to Switch with Bowser's oh, Fury. Yeah. That's yeah. the latest. That and Mario Maker or Super Mario Maker 2 are the latest Mario games I've played. I've not um, played Odyssey. Play Odyssey. I've watched you play it. I remember it's, there was like a Dark Souls level. Yeah, there's a level you fight like a dragon. It's and it's like a Dark Souls game. It's weird, but yeah. it's it's legitimately a fantastic game. Um, and it's it's the true like kind of continuation of Sunshine and Galaxy. Is the next one in the series is Odyssey. Yep. Yeah. Well, yeah, Galaxy two and then Odyssey, right? Oh, Galaxy two. I no one no one talks about that anymore. Yeah. We it's a talk. good game, but it's just not remembered well. I, we don't, I don't talk about Galaxy 2. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it was praised for its, you know, graphics, soundtrack, puzzles, platforming, all that. However, some people, you know, complain that because this was during the era and 64 started this. I kicked it off. And then when you get ban- games like Banjo-Kazooie and. Oh, um, yeah. That one satirical one, I forget what it's called. Um, it's the one with the squirrel. Oh, uh, Conquer, <laughs> Conquer, yeah, Conquer, which I want to play. <laughs> yeah, uh, I've never played it, I just know it. It was that era of 3D platformers, Conquer's where, Bad Fur Day, yeah, Bad Fur Day, yeah, yep. but where you collect items to get to the next level, you have to collect a certain amount of stars or <laughs> sunshine bullets, you know. Um, and yeah, this continue that, and most of the Mario games continue that in some fashion, even today. Um, the collection aspect, but I don't think, I don't think that really brings it down that much. It's just that kind of game. I mean, that's just the genre. I mean, <laughs> it's the genre that Mario sixty four created for crying out loud. Like, you can't be upset at a Mario game for being a Mario game. Yeah, <laughs> I I just looked just, up Conquer's Bad Fur Day 
and this is like the first Uh-oh. thing that came up is these uh <laughs> NSFW um oh it's blurred out statuette models of the zoom blurred some out? of these characters. Of course. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Yeah, I got some NSFW stuff coming up to you myself. But, uh, yeah. Don't worry about it. <laughs> but, um, so as far as sales go, it um, surpassed Grand Theft Auto 3. It sold more than 400,000 cop- 400, copies in Japan in four days. Sold 350,000 wow. copies in the first 10 days of the U.S., which ended up making by 2006 uh, 85 million. Uh, I think I went. Alone. I think I went through. A, I mean, Mario sells so well, and I think I went through a period in like high school where I just thought I was Mario wasn't cool. I was I'm too cool You're for better Mario. Than Mario. Yeah, Mario's for old game, either children or old gamers, boomer gamers. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah. I've come back around and and come to the realization: no, Mario games are the best games. Oh, here's another fun fact: first 3D <laughs> Super Mario game with the ability to ride Yoshi. Oh wow! And yeah, oh, the introduction Yoshi. of Flood, which has been featured as a part of Mario's move set in Super Smash Bros. Nice, nice it's water gun. Backup. I love Yoshi. I love Yoshi. Oh yeah. There's some great. Do you Yoshi ever? Do you ever? Do you ever call Roshi Yoshi? Uh, yeah, it rhymes with it sometimes. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> um, so then moving on, another big Goliath, and this one is a little bit um, one I don't have as much personal experience with. I've been playing it a little bit. It's part of one of our favorite gaming series of all time. Ooh. It just works. I think I know what you're gonna say here. <laughs> Morrowind. Elder Scrolls Three Morrowind. I love it. I'll Elder's... let you run off with this one, and then I'll tell you what I think. It's fucking awesome, but it's unforgiving as shit. Like, <laughs> it's um. So I only I only kind of got into this game like a couple years ago, and admittedly I I I've not gotten into it in the in the level I got into Skyrim. Like I don't have hundreds of hours into it, but I've done different playthroughs on different systems. So I've done on PC, um, on PC there's um, OpenMW, which is a kind of a that's what I run it on. It's a fan made engine that's designed to run Morrowind. So it's yeah, Morrowind it's without all of the You can problems. actually run it. Yeah, it's it's Morrowind without <laughs> all the issues of the creation engine. Um and I've even played it trouble for, getting, for a while. I had trouble getting for I can well, run Spider-Man sometimes, the new one. If I lower graphic settings just a little bit, I like 100 frames per second or more. Mm-hmm. And with the wide view and everything, Morrowind on the original engine on the creation engine, just screw Steam. You I could hardly get it to run thirty frames. You second. just can't. It just doesn't. It just, it just doesn't, doesn't do it. Um, it doesn't work. But on OpenMW, yeah, I can run at like one twenty. Yeah, OpenMW, you'll never have crashes. And for a while, it's outdated now, so it doesn't work as well. Um, 
OpenMW had an Android port. And I oh, even really? played it for a bit. Uh, you could get Morrowind on the phone. You could get Morrowind running on your phone, um, nice. which was awesome. So Morrowind, I mean, I guess the main things I'll I'll say about it is for for people who are used to like other Elder the the later Elder Scrolls games, so Oblivion and Skyrim. Yeah, the two things that really I think make Morrowind stand out from those. Is the it's fact an RPG? That, yeah, it's all about your stats. <laughs> yeah, that that is the game. Well, and you get you literally get like, um rolls on every hit. Yeah, rolls on every, land hit. every hit. And well, if you if you build your character right, you will land every hit. Yeah, but, but starting out, you don't. You probably don't. Uh, well, you can you can make it really what really really good starting out, but the first time you play it, you don't know that. And that's exactly some of the fun of RPG video games is that you don't know how you're making your character the first time. I think it's part of the Morrowind experience to build a shit character your first playthrough. Um, (laughs) And then then realize halfway through the game that your character (laughs) is shit. Um, And and the other thing is that Morrowind takes a hardcore approach to exploration and to quests Mm -hmm. in the sense of... uh, you there's actually no... have to listen to the directions. Yeah, there's and um, follow those. There's no markers. There's no yeah. compass or mini map. Yeah. No, none of that. And, and, you, it's, and um... you can get stuck in a situation in Morrowind where you just can't get out of it. <laughs> you can find <laughs> yourself Morrowind... in a dungeon where you're just like, there's no escape from this. I just have to load or hope that I saved yep. a separate file earlier in the game. And mm-hmm. can load that because I. <laughs> but no, Morrowind is—it's revolutionary. It's Bethesda's first um, foray foray into the 3D realm. Jackson, it's um, our boy Todd's first Bethesda it's game. He Todd's first on. Bethesda game. It's the first time yes. that he was the producer on a Bethesda um, game. I will say, I actually prefer Daggerfall. <laughs> I'm serious. Nice. Well, not prefer, but I I enjoy the maybe a little bit more the nostalgia Daggerfall, you know, yeah. uh, the DOS graphics and um, Daggerfall I run it is on f- Unity though. I have Daggerfall yeah, oh, on Unity. That's a Runs great Daggerfall, especially if you run it on Unity, um, is a really fantastic game that I don't think enough people give attention to. No, and but more when it. It's a yeah, it's obviously a way more compact, dense map. You're not even in the whole um province of Morwen. Uh, just the just the island of Vardenfell. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know about the lore. <laughs> um, I like Morwen. It's a good game. It's, um, <laughs> there are issues with it. I, I prefer but it's a I, it's a I prime actually... example of having a lived in condensed map. Yeah. And yeah, and I must admit, I haven't been playing it vanilla. I've been playing vanilla plus. I haven't changed anything gameplay wise, but I've been playing with graphical mods. I have a, a mod that uses AI enhanced textures. It's the same textures, mm-hmm. just enhanced by, by AI. To be totally honest, clear. So and there are some games that good. I say if it's your first time playing, you should play it vanilla. Skyrim is one, for example. If it's your first time playing it, 
play it vanilla and then and then once you get at least you don't have to beat the game but once you get comfortable with the game then start installing mods right yeah morrowind's not like that no just look up a mod guide say these are the mods you should play with and install them and play the game like don't don't well don't bother with the vanilla experience there's I a lot play of it vanilla. issues with the vanilla experience well i feel a, like the patch is just vanilla right vanilla yeah. plus well the, well there's i mean there's little things like in the vanilla experience even now um with the dlc there's issues with that so there's a dlc yeah. regarding the dark brotherhood where they will attack you while you're trying to sleep now that activates pretty much immediately when you start a new game so which means Jeez. from level 1 there is a chance you will when you ever you try to sleep in an inn or something that you will be attacked wow. by a dark brotherhood agent who you cannot kill without console commands because you're level one. <laughs> like, I did not know that. That it's not like common. That's just, a, but it's a thing that can happen. Like, of and, course. But but OpenMW. I mean, even just installing OpenMW fixes. So if you're playing mm-hmm. vanilla. Without OpenMW, you would probably have to install install about 15, 16 mods to get it to work. Just to run. Just as well as OpenMW. Yeah. And OpenMW no, open does it does most of the like, work for you. OpenMW has some built-in options like making the that Dark Brotherhood thing like not happen as much. Yeah. Like that's, No, it has a ton of options. Yeah. You can customize the game loadout however you want or you know difficulty everything um but yeah i got some enhanced textures but aside from that yeah i run it from open mw have a couple other like quality of life mods ui mods you know but very simple stuff and yeah i've seen combat mods where you land every hit where it plays more like skyrim or oblivion i think that takes away from yeah i i wouldn't want to use that i want i've tried those it it doesn't make it the gameplay because, loop because yeah, the gameplay loop in, in, in Morrowind involves the stats for your character. Yeah. You have to build, it's all about how you build your character. That's the entire game. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, another thing, the main thing from Morrowind that I think I've actually seen in some more recent games. So like um, Assassin's Creed Odyssey did this, or it had an option for you to enable this. In Morrowind, it's all exploration-based to the point of when you're given a quest, you are basically given to to the point where on the PC version, there is a built-in journal in the menu where you can type out stuff, like notes, because you're expected to pay attention to where you're supposed to go. Mm -hmm. And you're expected to follow those directions. And There's no quest markers. Yeah. You're just told, go no, here. Um... So you have to actually <laughs> look at the world and say, okay, and follow the directions to get to where you're supposed to go. And that's um, funny because and when and, I first yeah, continue. Yeah. When I first got Skyrim, I made an effort to use the physical map when going anywhere. And then I yeah. quickly stopped doing that after the first day of doing that. Oh, uh, so my first play- <laughs> just use the end game markers and everything. My first playthrough is Skyrim. I um, there was a the aspect ratio on my TV with my Xbox was slightly off, 
I didn't know yeah. there was a compass. <laughs> um, seriously, it, it was it was the aspect ratio on my TV was what. So cut you're off. playing at Morrowind style. I was playing at Morrowind style. Uh, <laughs> it cut off the compass. I didn't have quest markers unless I actually pulled up my map and looked at the map. I think that's um, a good kind of balance. Like if you can pull up the I in-game map and look. still had a blast with Skyrim. It was great. Right, yeah. Um, no, but, but more, um, more one does one... that. And, and there's some more recent games like Assassin's Creed Odyssey has an option where it doesn't tell you exactly where on the map to go for your next quest. It'll say you don't have to take notes yourself. It'll take notes for you. So it's not as extreme yeah, as Morrowind, yeah. but it'll, it'll um, be like if you enable that option, it'll be like, oh, instead of just having a quest marker, it'll just say, oh, you have to talk to this person on this island. So you go to the island and you're, it's just like, yeah. They're near the temple. So you have to yeah, just I think, go find yeah, them. Yeah, I just well. You have to figure out where the temple no, but, is um, and find them. Which is, uh, I mean, I think it's a feature that RPGs like Morrowind used to do more. They fell out of favor for the sake of accessibility. And yep. in a, the last five years or so, some games, not all games, not enough games, oh, have kind of latched the, on to that. Elder like, Scrolls games. This is a way, that. a really effective way to get immersion into the game. Yeah, well, and you know, that's kind of what's the divide between some Elder Scrolls fans is the hardcore RPG uh, fans that want it to be what, like Morrowind. And then you have the not necessarily not all casual but the more modern fans that like the quality of life features and Boy. the accessibility because some people don't have time to well you can have where it. the fuck to go you, you can know. have it in between and again i i hate to be praising assassin's creed in a video in an rpg video uh, like topic it feels weird <laughs> it feels really weird <laughs> But the Odyssey did it well. Where it RPGs. gives you the option at the begin when you start the game in Assassin's Creed Odyssey, it says, "Do you want this feature?" And if you say no, it'll say yeah. it'll just give you quest markers like Skyrim. Yeah, but, but if, if you, you say yeah, yes, it's not as hardcore as as Morrowind. It'll say like it's a little bit more specific on where you should go. It, it, it gives you more direction, but it still forces you to figure it out a little bit. Where it says, yeah, you know, where Morrowind will just be like, you have to just look at the NPCs' dialogue and follow their actual directions. Odyssey mm-hmm. will be like, in your quest markers, it'll say, oh, it's on this island, it's near the Temple of Zeus, and they're called, and the yeah. NPC is named this. It doesn't make it, it's not difficult to figure it out, but it's a, it's no. kind of a decent in between. But Morrowind, though, Aside from its hardcore RPG elements, it's just a charming little game. I love the world. Yeah. I love the setting. You know, it's unique. It's not just high fantasy like Oblivion or it's the first Viking. appearance of Maik the Liar. It, yeah, yes, it is. But it's um, not basic. Like Oblivion, extremely basic. That's just high fantasy. Yeah. 
Oblivion, <laughs> Skyrim. While, while Oblivion is great, it is a fun. Is a, it is a good game. It's my least favorite of the three that Elder Scrolls fans. I would argue say about. Skyrim is also Skyrim's a little bit basic in like terms of its world, but it's more fun. Viking I think I think Skyrim is most fun. basic in its gameplay, but it's a little bit more unique in its world. In its world, yeah, yeah. But Morrowind, you're in this weird alien environment. Uh, you know, yeah. uh, not just the Dunmer, but uh, all the different um, creatures inhabit. Um, where are they called the uh, jellyfish guys? Um, that you what? ride on the Striders. The, oh, oh, the uh, the next. What are they fucking called? I don't fucking remember. Netch, Netch yeah. leaps or something yeah. like that. Um, you get Netch jelly, but it's um. Yeah, I love its identity, and I'm excited whenever it comes out. Probably still before Elder Scrolls Six, but Skywind, yeah, and also Skyblivion by extension. But Skyblivion, uh, they've announced a release date. Twenty twenty four, twenty twenty five, five. Yeah, I, I wanted yeah, to say four, but I was like, That's it's a while like off still. But um, they've they've, they've <laughs> but basically still. However, they've basically still, said. They've basically said that is a confirmed, like it definitely will be yeah. out by then. So nice. They, yeah, they've, they've actually, I think even said, I've heard that they've said it, it, they could release it earlier, but 2025 is um, them saying that is the latest that you will have to wait to play this game. I'm definitely which will excited. probably still be but before as far as, um, Elder Scrolls six. So Marwin's uh, wards, um, computer games magazine named Morrowind the third best computer game in 2002 and wrote unlike its ambitious but untimely flawed predecessors this Herculean uh, role playing that works um, it won PC Gamers best role playing game award um, oh no it was a nominee but that went to Neverwinter of course well, Neverwinter is a pretty fantastic game too. No, it is. Um, yeah, um, I did not play it in, in. So Neverwinter Nights, I I did not play it in preparation for this video, but I have played it before. Just a quick thing, it's really fucking good. Um, it's have you ever played Baldur's Gate? A little bit, and I played the online so, uh, MMO. MMO. Yeah. So Neverwinter Nights Never is kind of like the successor to Baldur's Gate, essentially um nice so but it's I've never played that one it's very crpg at its core it's really like it's an acquired taste that's what mm. i'll say i um before the last couple years i probably oh, would also not have enjoyed that game but in the last couple years i've gotten more into crpgs and learned to enjoy them more so, nice yeah I don't have much no, else yeah, to say about it because it's been a while since I've played it. You so. definitely, you will know if you'll like it within the first five minutes. Yeah, actually, I yeah. mean, it's um, it's for you or it isn't. <laughs> no, that that actually um, is Neverwinter Nights is exactly like that. Uh, maybe not the first five minutes, but the first thirty minutes. Yeah. Um, but um, you'll either like it. or Also, you won't. I want to mention Morwen's score. Oh. That's when we get the first classic Elder Scrolls theme it's that we still have now. Jeremy's soul. 
first. It's Jeremy Soule. It's his first amazing. iconic score. I mean, he did for an even Elder before Scrolls I game. really played. Even before I really played Morrowind, and as soon as I started modding Skyrim, I had Morrowind soundtrack integrated into my Skyrim playthrough. Just because yeah. it's that beautiful. And honestly, it's, just, it's still the, the main theme. For, so the main the Elder Scrolls theme changes between each Elder Scrolls game. The most dramatically different is Skyrim because of the, the, oh, 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 you know, well, the, 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 the same melodies, thing. but Morrowinds is still my favorite. And it's because there's, it's epic, but there's still a gentleness to it. Yeah, it's warm. It's inviting. Yeah, it's it's comforting. Skyrim's like, yeah, let's fucking go, boys. Which I appreciate that too. I mean, the Skyrim's is great, but (laughs) um, but I like (laughs) I like how you put that. Yeah, let's fucking go, boys. Um, yeah, that's what Skyrim does. Uh, but Morrowinds (laughs) is it's it's warm. It's yeah, no, it is in a way. It is. I really like and, it in a really good way. Um, but I would say that's the last of like the big games that came out that year. So now we can move on. Yeah, there's a few more here, to though, either that stuff that about. we played or that we want to talk about. So do you have one? That I you want really to talk about um, Castlevania. Harmony of Dissonance. Yeah. Um, yeah, um, I don't think there's a whole um, lot to say about this game. It's there's enough to say about it, though. I played a bit Uh, of it. I didn't get as into it as I did with Metroid Fusion. Well, and it came after. I mean, it came out after the best, arguably the best Castlevania game of all time. Yeah. Symphony Um, of the Night. Symphony of the Night. And then and then here's the other thing. Is that. I have played um what's it called? The the next the next Castlevania game. Uh Aria of Sorrow. Aria of Sorrow. Which is a fantastic I love that one. game. It's so um, weird. I know that's one I I, I think I recommend. You're a Japanese I, transfer I, I, like I know you're a transfer that, like, student. There's a few games time that travel. Were not when I when I got you the the Ambernick, I texted you saying like you should check out this game. One of them was Aria of Sorrow. Because it's weird and it's cool. Um, this game is uh, Harmony of Dissonance is gameplay wise, it's really good. But graphically it, wise, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's pleasing. The music Grade sucks. 16, it, that's what everyone says because they put yeah. more computing power because. I think for some reason they wanted to make the game more accessible to younger audiences and not have as graphic imagery and, you know, Dracula's and blood. So they made it brighter, more vibrant. And yeah, it's fun. It's pleasing to look at. It's one of the more unique looking Castlevania games. And the fact that it's just so. Yeah, I mean, it's just vibrant. It's just yeah. a fun looking game. And I and I did However, have fun. I did have a lot of fun with it because at the end of the day, it is a Castlevania game, and it's one that does have a good gameplay system in it. Some there's a oh, few yeah. Castlevania well, games I played that, that RPG just, system. Yeah, there's a few Castlevania a RPG games I played that just don't. They just 
gameplay wise they don't do it for me but this one I know does. it keeps it keeps up the um, stats you see the damage you do the enemies and your health bar the enemies health bar yeah. all that the exploration and, aspect is pretty well done oh um, yeah definitely but the it audio just, it's just and i think <laughs> the audio is the biggest it, it, it this is a game that made me realize that audio bit audio audio makes a bigger deal than it is is a bigger deal mm-hmm. than most people realize. Oh, it plays a huge part of the feel of the game, and I really just struggle I mean, to be invested in this game. Well, Castlevania, I've always loved Castlevania for its soundtracks. It's epic, yeah. Victorian it's, Gothic soundtracks. It's so good, yeah. But then you get to Harmony of Dissonance, and I guess that's an accurate title because. There's practically it's not no pleasing sound- to listen to. There's practically no soundtrack at all. Basically, yeah, I mean, it's it's weird. <laughs> it feels weird as you're playing it, especially it's if you're putting like maybe it kind of contributes to its eeriness. It's like, kind of creepiness. Maybe if this was your first Castlevania game you've ever played, you might enjoy it more. But right. I have certain expectations from a Castlevania game, and this game this game is made me realize that part of my expectations was was music and sound design. I think I had ignored that, kind of put it aside, been, you know, focused on other things more until I played this game and I made me realize, holy shit, the music and sound design makes a difference in how much I'm enjoying the game way more than I realized it does. No, it's very important. And here's a little bit of reception. Uh, so, GamePro called it fun action game and fun Castlevania game in its own right. Improved graphics of Harmony of Dissonance, especially the backgrounds, 3D effects, multi-jointed bosses. It received praise from reviewers, and this is on Wikipedia, by the way. Uh, called them plentiful and visually stunning. However, everyone unanimously agrees that it's easily the worst Castlevania soundtrack. And... um. And then one reviewer said that it just felt like an in-between game copying off of Symphony of Night until we get to the better one, Aria of Sorrow. Yeah. And it kind of is that, but there is a charm to it. I mean, and it's not a bad game. The 8-bit... It's not. The it's 8-bit like it's... soundtrack, it actually gives it a creepier vibe sometimes. I mean, just if, because... If, the, the way I think about it is I'm being kind of hard on it. Because I mean, also with this Ambernick device, we have sympathy, sympathy of the night on here. Yeah, which we is get to play that. <laughs> probably other than Castle Super Castlevania Four, the best it's Castlevania like right game. up. Yeah, um, I mean, and the last episode we played Super Castlevania Four, so we're going from that into this. So we're going like we're being hard on this game. If this were two thousand and two. And I had a Game Boy Advance, and I had this game. I would likely be very pleased with it. I'll tell you, we wouldn't be on Zoom right now if it was 2002. That's true. Podcasts? What's that? Radio. That's what Fat. it's called. Um, <laughs> or uh, um, news radio with Joe Rogan. Yeah. <laughs> but if this were 2002, I would like, and I had a Game Boy Advance, I had this game. I'd likely be very pleased with it. Oh, yeah. But now, just comparing it to the other Castlevania games, it just doesn't... It, And I think it's mostly the sound design and the music. It just doesn't draw me in. 
no. as much. The gameplay is there. It just doesn't draw me in. Like, if I could play this or Aria of Sorrow, I'd play Aria of Sorrow. Absolutely. Um, no. Um, a game I played that you probably didn't play, I played uh, Godzilla Domination on the Game Boy Advance. I did not play that. And there's some, yeah. It's a fun Godzilla beat-em-up. It has actually fun graphic style, kind of a cartoony look to it with the sprites. Um, simple, but in a good way. Vibrant, colorful, fun. And it's good enough beat-em-up gameplay. You can play two-player uh, with the computer and stuff. And But you only get six monsters. Okay. What monsters do you get, though? Godzilla, of course, Mecha Godzilla, King Ghidorah, <laughs> Rodan, Mothra, and Dagon. No, not Dagon. Megalodon. Megalodon. Okay, that's. I mean, that's a pretty solid selection of monsters. And then though. I think you can unlock Mecha Mecha Ghidorah once you uh, beat the campaign, but. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, I, I I've been playing it. I've been having fun with it, but it's got a really funny uh aspect to it. And that's in its uh one of its characters. So I can see you're screen uh, sharing now, yeah. Yeah, I'm screen screen sharing. I want to show you this. Um <laughs> but yeah, one of its characters, she wears like a crop top always. She's a news <laughs> reporter. And- well, this is 2002. <laughs> It's two thousand. It's so two thousand two. So. <laughs> it's so of its time. Uh, you see it? Okay, yeah. So I, that's how she first appears, and then even in the Antarctic level, oh my she's God. wearing a crop top jacket. Jesus, that's that's funny. That's I almost kinda... want to put this on our Instagram just for the. Uh, you should probably save one of those. Yeah, I, that'd be good. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, of course, there's um already there's NFF. NSFW uh, artwork <laughs> made of her uh, of propping up, but and yeah, if you want to look at what the game looks like, looked uh, at that's what it looked like. I'll um, have to check this game out. It's on the GBA, right? And you get the smash buildings, and yeah, it's on GBA, and okay, it's pretty fun. You get power moves, and you can throw monsters across cities. Um, that's that's fun. I mean, this is a game I never played before. That was just, just like a fun game. Um, I saw it came out in 2002, and it's a Godzilla game. And I was like, hell yeah. Um, however, there's, there's a lot of other Godzilla games I would rather talk about, but they didn't come out in 2002. So there's a I game really There's a game I want to talk about briefly. I don't have much to say about it. Um, but yeah. this was a game that I played. I So 2002... Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, right? The PS1 or um No, I did not play that. Oh yeah, Destroy All Monsters was out. I'm sorry, but I, oh, I never yeah. played it. But I heard <laughs> You played the, the 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 Godzilla game with the sexy lady. Yes. <laughs> no, well, uh... they all kind of have a sexy lady though. <laughs> have you seen any of the movies? Yeah. Oh, we have. We got to yeah, continue we, our commentary. We should we that. should get back on that at some point. Um yeah, uh, Eddie is down. Our listeners don't know who the fuck Eddie is, but we've talked about. It. He wants to watch a Godzilla movie. 
with yeah, us. Yeah, there's a, the so. all you need to know. There's a guy. There's a guy called Eddie, and he likes Godzilla, and he's down to yeah. watch some Godzilla <laughs> with us. That's all you need to know. Um. So cha- Harry Potter and Chamber of Secrets. There's like six different versions of this game. Like this was, this is wild to me. They did this was like the first like three Harry Potter games. There is like at least well I know at least the first two. So it's uh, Sorcerer's Stone and uh, Chamber of Secrets. They did PS One, PS Two, PC, um, Game Boy Advance, Game Boy Color. Um, I think there's another one in there somewhere, but they're all all of those games are I played are fun are they are different. I played games. one of the versions. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. They're all well. Yeah, that's the thing with a lot of movie tie-in different games. games. Definitely like, wasn't the first in movie tie-in games, but it was definitely of that era where they were yeah. huge. They were huge. Every but what's studio crazy about had this, movie tie-in games. But what's crazy about this is they were they were completely different games. Yeah. Like yeah, so I well, I, I have an example of that too. I didn't get super far into it for this playthrough, but I played it as a kid because before I, you know, I had a Game Boy Advance right when it came out. Christmas time, my parents got me a Game Boy Advance. I was a little kid. Nice. Um, That's my a sister core before me. Yeah, it is a actually no. It's like seriously, core memory of for me is opening the Game Boy Advance on Christmas morning. Of course, it like is. legit, yeah. like that. Actually, I that's one of the few memories I have of that <laughs> age. Um, and I remember I had su- the the Super Mario Advance. Nice, yeah, nice, awesome game. Um, it's Super Mario Two, I think. Uh, <laughs> um, so but my sister, right? Yeah. But my sister had a Game Boy Color, my older sister. And she had Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. So I went out of my way to make sure I had this version of the game on our on the Ambernick here. And I played through a bit of Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets for the Game Boy Color coming out in 2002. Oh, wow. It's awesome. It's a fucking awesome game. <laughs> It's a weird like JRPG. It's got like turn-based Final Fantasy combat. That's great. It's weird. It's based on the books, not on the movies. I love weird games. Um like uh Hagrid has purple hair. Rad. Um yeah, it's it's just a weird More like Radgrid. Yeah, it... <laughs> you okay there yeah i have a little cough i'm getting over and jackson okay. triggered it with that joke <laughs> um, <laughs> um it's an awesome game i mean there's not a whole lot to say about it because it's it's harry potter it's you know it's what you expect but it's it's the most unique from all the other versions of the game because it's like a turn-based rpg nice which, you wouldn't expect from a sense. Harry Potter tie-in game. Well, I could definitely but, see a, a JRPG applying perfectly to that. Well, being on the Game thing. Boy Color of all systems, that's probably the best they could do. 
Yeah. You know, um, but it's it's kind of a fun game. I didn't get too far into it for this video, but I just I just went out of my way to make sure I played that version of the game because that's mm-hmm. the version I played as a kid. Nice. Um, yeah. Um, speaking of other movie tying games, so a game I finally remember. I didn't get to replay it. I, I guess I could have if I got the ROM and the right emulator, but um. The original Spider-Man, the movie tie-in game, 2002 on, um, it was on PS1 and GameCube. I know, PS2 and GameCube, right? And um, GameCube was the other Harry Potter version that I forgot about. There was a GameCube version. I played the GameCube version, though, of the first Spider-Man movie game. And it's a natural uh progression from spider-man ps1 games uh inter electro um it's in that same kind of style but it's within the movie and uh you know your swing's very stilted and awkward you can't drop yeah. down below the buildings but it just has this i i i still very i hold it very fondly in my memories because it just has this whole vibe to it it it's actually a good game on its own merit but it's just so dingy it's such a movie tie-in game of any movie tie-in game i didn't play this for for preparation of this video but i have played this game a bit before but it's and it's got a lot of fun sections you got the sewer sections and all that fight lizard for a bit and you get to unlock the green goblin as a character which is fun yeah <laughs> um but it's just so of its era but and, and i love it and but i also played the game boy advance version Ooh, recently which is a completely different game yeah it's a side scroller platformer i played a couple of those game boy Advance and nintendo ds like spider-man games and some of them are good some of them are not it's a clear bootleg like ripoff of spider-man 2 enter uh, no not enter electra spider-man mysterio's menace okay i played the shit out of mysterio's menace (laughs) when i was a kid that came out in 2001 though so it doesn't count but it plays like that it has a little slightly more advanced swinging mechanics. You can like target where you want to place your web and all that. Um, but it's very janky and it, it's just a poor man's mysterious menace. If you want the basically peak best 2d Spider-Man game, get mysterious menace on game boy advance. I played a shit ton of that, not to do with this episode, but I played it because I was like, oh, yeah, I remember that. That's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I got the uh, combo pack. It came with Mysterio's Menace and Wolverine's Revenge when I was a kid. And Wolverine's Revenge, did that? In fact, let me make sure that actually didn't come out this year because it might have. I'm not sure. Um, um, Wolverine's Revenge 2, I believe. The GBA. It came out. Well, yeah, I played the PS2 version, of course, which is the better. Yeah, 2003, so a little after. But um, 
but yeah, the Spider-Man movie time game, the <laughs> best version, the GameCube version, or I guess the PlayStation 2 version. Um, a lot of fun. And however, it's not the best movie Spider-Man game. Yeah. By long Spider-Man 2 would take that. Oh, of, of, <laughs> um, I mean, of course. That would come out right. a couple years it's, later. Um, yeah. but still a lot of fun. Um, yeah. Um, I don't have quite anything else. I can um, look at the list here. I have a couple um, here. Uh Battlefield. There's games we're missing. Oh, I have played that. I um, played the remastered version of it. I never um, played the remastered version. Not the original I, version. I did not play it in preparation for this. I just I had a buddy who had this game. And we would play it when I was a kid. A lot of fun. It was Revolutionary. Freaking awesome. I, I just remember it and, was it was the game that that introduced me to the concept of having an uh, uh FPS shooter that was like a a big edited. battlefield. Yeah, yeah. I mean it's in the name, obviously. Um, um, and flying in planes and all that, and the tank of action, yeah, a lot of fun. And and I I just want to say that on the games that we haven't played re- recently or that we've never played, we're just gonna go <laughs> over them real quick. The important ones. However, I am missing one last game. Yeah, go for that it. That I played that came out this year. Actually, two. Star Wars Bounty Hunter. Mm. Loved it. When I played it, I played it recently. I never played doesn't that. Doesn't hold up as well. Yeah. It doesn't hold up as well now. Still fun third person shooter platformer. You play as Django Fett and you can capture bounties and stuff. And it's got a fun, it's a prequel to Clone Wars. Yeah. And it's kind of the predecessor to what uh, 1313 would have been. Yeah. It, it, essentially if yeah. that had ever been finished um, but no it's a, a lot shade. of fun and yeah i've never played jedi knight 2 that's one I'm, I'm kind of embarrassed to say i've never played either there's um, some there's, games on this list um there's a, yeah there's there's some that I, I wanna... but not all of them i'm embarrassed but some of them i regret like i've never played the thing game yeah like john carpenter's a thing and i've heard it's actually uh, underrated like m- not necessarily masterpiece but extremely underrated horror game um of its time right um, there, there's Spyro a few games on it. here um so just i'm just gonna run through some big games here that we haven't played but we are ratchet big. and clank i played i played the sequels of ratchet and clank okay yeah, ratchet and clank. Uh, they're not really my jazz um, um Sly cooper i played yeah. I, the ps vita game but not the original. Yeah. Uh, so. Mafia came out in 2002. Uh, which I never played I, the original Mafia. So I'm kind of embarrassed to say that I haven't played Mafia because Mafia 2 is like in my top 20 games of all time. Two? Yeah, Mafia 2 is in my top 20 games of all time. I fucking love that game nice. to death. Um. I have played through it multiple times. I have the remastered version, which is not a good remaster, but that's a different topic. <laughs> um, that doesn't count against it. That's yeah, it doesn't count fault. against it because I've played it plenty of times before the remaster came out. Yeah. It's a fucking great game. 
Mafia Three was okay. It was. It was it fine. Some, I played some, it once. I never played it again. Had some I issues. Beat the campaign. Yeah, I had some I beat issues. The campaign. But it wasn't. It wasn't the worst thing ever. But I have never played. Yeah, Mafia with, Three. Even with the remake, I have not played Mafia. Mafia Three. I played through the campaign once and never looked at that game again. It's just so because I hated it. Not because it was horrible, but it's just stale. <laughs> yeah, it feels so old fashioned. Yeah, it, for it, open it, world it has games. issues. Yeah, uh, again, Jedi Knight Two of uh, Jedi uh, Jedi Outcast. I've never played that. Um, Red Faction Two is a kind never of never played that one. Never played that. Um, I didn't know Re- Resident Evil didn't come out in 2002. Oh, yeah, that no. GameCube. Um, here's kind okay. of a big one that I have never played a single one of this franchise. And I'm honestly sure. not I'm not interested. It's Kingdom Hearts. Kind of a big oh, franchise. Man, there's a lot of people that are interested in that franchise. Yeah, ki- kind of a um, big I played deal. some of them. I never played the original. I played some of them. But there's like 17 of them now, and it's like as deep as Final Fantasy, but with Disney yeah. characters and IP. Deeper than Final Fantasy, because um, Final Fantasy has a tendency to ditch the lore of the last game. No, yeah, this one doesn't. Kingdom Hearts is do deep. Yeah, uh, Kingdom Hearts, I'd argue, is more complicated than Final Fantasy because it doesn't. And it's basically yeah. Final Fantasy plus Disney. That's what yeah. it is. I mean, I've heard there are great games. <laughs> But I've not played a single one of them, and I have. You can play as Johnny Depp's Jack Sparrow and fight Goofy in a Final Fantasy style arena. Yeah, I mean, it sounds fun. I've heard they're fun, but to be totally honest, I have zero interest in playing any of them, and I've never played any. Every of them. anime, nerd and I probably I knew. won't ever play any of them. Every anime like, kid I knew either played Kingdom Hearts or Final Fantasy. The Kingdom Hearts ones were a lot funner to be around. I would disagree. I'd say the Kingdom Hearts ones were the ones that were like, uh, if you called anime a cartoon, they would get really fucking uh, mad at you. I I knew that's, I had, e- that's either of them. That's there, both of them. There, there was a guy when I was in high school who I one time, one time, and I didn't mean it as like, uh, oh, anime is just a cartoon, but I referred to the art style as a cartoon because that's yeah. technically what it is and he got like red faced angry uh-huh. at that what and i was like yeah. jesus christ dude like i didn't mean i wasn't trying to make fun of anime like jesus like calm that like, calm down that's taken seriously yeah like um that's a that's um, a kingdom hearts fan did you ever play and this is one i very much so regret and i want to get the remake um but the wind waker zelda that is i'm embarrassed to i say, never played it as a self-proclaimed zelda fan that's like the one mainline game i've never played Same. i don't know and, why. and and because breath of the wild is my favorite of the zelda franchise from what i've heard people tell me i would probably love wind waker i was playing too because much it's, um, it's ocarina the most... time or twilight princess at the time i don't know which are both fucking great games i love both of those games for different reasons but breath of the wild is my favorite 
Zelda game of the franchise, and I've been told by people that they've said, if you love Breath of the Wild, Wind Waker is probably the closest well, in the does it, in the franchise you'll get to Breath of the Wild. Didn't Nintendo come out with the Wind Waker remake? Remake for for the Wii U, yeah. And then what's the other game that got the remake on the Switch? Link to the um, no, not Link to the Skyward Past. That Sword. would be amazing. Skyward Sword. No, there's another one. Is another uh, top oh, down Zelda oh, game. Oh, um, uh, a Link to the, uh, fuck, um, no, Link's Awakening. Link's Awakening. Yeah, Link to the Past is what you were thinking of as the SNES thing. Link's Link's Awakening is the one that it's the game. I mean, boy. if we got a if we got a Link to the Past remake, <laughs> I would drop my pants. I would shit myself. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> I probably want to yeah. get to the. I want to. I want to have the self control to drop my pants. I would just shit myself. Um, well, I was gonna drop my um, pants for a different reason. I've played. I've played uh, not the remake, but I've played Link's Awakening. It's a fantastic game. It's amazing, um, dude. It's it's really good. Uh, no, uh, but Wind Waker is the one that seems like it's been, it's been neglected a lot by Nintendo. Even though I've heard, yeah, I don't know, it's why. really, really fantastic. Um, but yeah, I'm embarrassed to say, as a as a Zelda fan, it's the one mainline game I've not played. Yeah, it is embarrassing. Yeah. Anyways, um, I don't think there's any other big games worth uh, talking about here. Um. Well, okay, Hitman so. 2, that's another honorable mention. Uh, Pro Skater 4, but I have more fond memories of Tony Hawk's Underground or Pro Skater 2 at yeah, that point. Yeah, Pro Skater um, 4 is a boo game. It's There's better Pro Skater Thug, games. Thug 2 is my favorite Tony Hawk game. It's just yeah. what I started with, and it's... I liked Underground just, a lot. That was really good. Yeah, Underground, yeah, I mean, um, this. I've My been jam, but, really um, enjoying the uh, Pro Skater 1 and 2 remake from a few years ago. Oh, yeah. I still pop on um, it every once in a while. I got it on the Switch. It was on sale one day, and I picked it up. Nice. And it's, <laughs> it's really, really good on the Switch. Nice. Um, I only play on PlayStation so Resident far. Evil 0 came out in 2002. I hear people talk about that sometimes. but I haven't played it. that one. I played a lot of Resident Evil too, and I haven't played that one. I oh, played oh, one. Oh, oh, shit. I played uh, two, three, four, one, I have seven, eight. Almost nothing to say about it, but I, I did play uh, The Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers on the Game Boy Advance. I played um, one of those. I think that might have been one I played. It was actually um, not it's bad. A, it's okay. <laughs> it had some fun RPG elements. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and isometric. It kind of. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, all I have to say is it's, it's okay. It's for, it's a movie tie in at its core. And it has all oh. the issues that movie tie ins okay. typically have. Cut out. Sorry. Oh shit! Uh, but that's fine. We we recovered. I'm just okay. glad it didn't go away. Okay. Well, um, we were talking about Lord of the Rings: Return of uh, Two Towers. Two GBA. Towers. Yeah. Um, basically, it's a movie tie-in. It has all the issues that movie tie-ins typically have, but it's okay. Yeah. No, it's fine. 
Um, um Res- oh, the, I also the, played the, the the GameCube Resident Evil One remake came out in two thousand and two. Yeah, does that count though? Uh kind of. Have you ever played? I mean, to be honest, for most people, before the most recent remake, if that's you've, probably the most accessible version. If you've played Resident Evil One, it's likely the two thousand two version. Yeah. Just, just um, like so. Yeah, but I want to count that because that is a remake or like a remaster. So you know, um, when we get to nineteen, when we get to ninety eight, we'll definitely cover the first Resident Evil. Um, or whenever that came out, was it 96? No, 98. That or um, I also played Need for Speed Hot Pursuit 2 a shit ton when it came out, and yeah. I was so bad at racing games back then because you know oh, I was shit. only like five. I, I left out a huge one. What was that? Pokemon Ruby, <laughs> kind of a big How one that I spent that? like a whole month playing. <laughs> uh, quick synopsis synopsis we gotta end this pretty soon we do have to end this pretty i soon. gotta get going um i i guess i don't have like a whole lot to say about it other than it's really really it's one of my favorite pokemon games yeah um it has some issues i still prefer fire red which came out a couple years later and also I opted to play actually play Pokemon Ruby, which came out in 2002, instead of Pokemon um, Emerald, which is the improved version of Ruby and Sapphire, which came out a couple years later. Um, but yeah, no, um, Pokemon Ruby, it's a classic one. It's probably one of the best Pokemon games ever. Um. See, but I haven't if, played a lot of Pokemon, so you can. Uh, here's the thing about Pokemon games now. is that there's not always a lot to talk about. You know what Pokemon is. You know the gameplay loop of Pokemon games. It's that. It's right, just. Yeah. It's just very well done compared to some of the other ones. I'm gonna have to play it. Definitely. Um, I mean, I played play some it. Pokemon, but I mean, not enough where I'm. I can say much about it. If if you've never um, played Pokemon, uh, for you knowing you, Jackson, I would say play on the Game Game Boy Advance. Play Fire Red. It's the Game Boy Advance remake of the original Pokemon game, and it's awesome. Nice. Um, um I'll check because I, I just googled uh GBA 2002 games. Um, another Honestly one I got I played when I was a kid, I really liked it, but I did not play it in preparation for this video. Is Star Wars the new droid army? Nice, uh, you play as Anakin, you kill some Tuscan Raiders, some men, and some women, and children, too. <laughs> Um, of course. In a sand area. Oh, I want to mention before uh, every, anybody freaks out. Yeah, I know Splinter Cell came out in 2002. I didn't play the original. Right, I've never played any Splinter Cell games. I played some of my friends, but that's... Why would it. you play Splinter Cell when you could play Metal Gear? Yeah. I mean, pretty much. Well, like No, no actually, but I know actually, it revolutionized the yeah. stealth action adventure games. I know. <laughs> yes. We all know. Okay. Um, oh, um, also, also, uh, a link to the past for the GBA with Four Swords Adventure came out in 2002. 
So we could just talk about Link to the Past again. True, the re-release. <laughs> yeah. We, we just did. happened to get but... the re-release of Link to the Past. Uh, anyway, I, I, I... 91. I the original had... came out in 91. Just think about that. Yeah. And it feels like a 2002 game to me. It does. It feels like more a 2010 game to me, to be totally honest. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's way more modern than it... It feels way more modern than it is. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I, I just I'm had to... Talking about that. I, I almost forgot Pokemon Ruby, and it's stupid that there's not but, much to say about it, because if you know Pokemon, you know it. It's the same gameplay loop they've been doing for 30 years. It just happens to be that Pokemon yeah. Ruby is one of the better ones. And that came out yep. in 2002. Ruby and Sapphire, um, the combined version, the better version to play as, as Pokemon Emerald. But that came out in like 03 or 04. I don't remember. Um, so well, I, anyways, opt, I opted to play actually play Ruby. because uh, I think we should be wrapping this up soon. Yeah. Um, be sure to follow us at Odd Drunk Pod on Instagram. Check out our Facebook group. Give us a download or subscribe or whatever you prefer. prefer. A rating or review would be awesome. Yeah, we love uh, ratings. On your and preferred reviews. platform or choice. Uh, but before we end this, so 2000, I, okay, so 1991, S. We gave Absolute that Absolute S tier. That's not 2012, even. 2012. That's not even a question. Like, that's. Right, yeah. I mean, that's. A we no just brainer. know out of all the years, that's an Listen, S tier. Look up that the games that came out that year. Listen to our episode, and you'll know why. Um, yeah. So 2012, which was the second year we covered, did we land on a C or a B? I think it was a C, but I don't remember. I think it deserves a B just because you did get the Telltale Walking Dead. You get Dishonored. Right. Yeah. You get Borderlands 2, which is a classic. I, I, uh, I, think, I think at the time we were landed on a C tier, but There's we are a lot of sequels, but a high C tier that we are in our rights to change if we feel like it. And if, if, if you feel like it I, should be a B, I agree with you. Because it's definitely, if it's a C, it's a very high C tier. Well, I could hardly remember the games when we talked about it at the beginning of this episode. That's the problem. It's it's, it's just, so, it wasn't a I bad like year. It's right just now, kind of a forgettable year. I think like, it's still a C then. Yeah. It's just kind of, it was meh. Um, it was okay. But 2002. This is an this A tier. tough. I think this is an at A-tier. least an A tier. It's not genre defining, like nine. There's some genre was. defining games like but Metroid, Metroid Prime Fusion. Well, um, you know, Metroid Fusion. It, it's not genre defining. No, it's not genre defining, but it's, it's genre, genre um, saving. It yeah, which is also it, huge. It served to preserve a genre yeah. that would have died otherwise, yeah. and. And then outside of the GBA, which is, I mean, honestly, I feel like I feel like we should do a, a, an episode just on focusing on different consoles because yeah, the GBA be deserves like a really in-depth talk. Um, yeah. Outside of the GBA, I mean, you yeah, had Vice City. Vice Let's City. Look. Um, the first, the first Elder Scrolls game that Todd Howard worked on. 
Morrowind. Yep. You know. Um, uh, yeah, just looking you know, again. So Super Mario big ones, Sunshine. Big ones we, yeah, the big ones we talked about. Vice City, Super Mario Sunshine, Metroid Prime, Metroid Fusion, um, Morrowind, and what was the other really big one? I think that's it. Splinter Those are Cell, the most even notable. though we've not played it. Personally, yeah, we haven't a, played it, but it is a big one. That is a big one. Yeah, it is. Neverwinter Nights, <laughs> um, even though it's been a long time since I've played it, it's a big one. Pokemon Ruby is yeah. a big one. I mean, there's a lot of actually very big games in this Wind Waker. Um, there's there's a lot of big games in this in this year. Honestly, it's, Nintendo could make this year S tier. Then possibly, if, if I we mean, we were if we were ranking this as a nintendo podcast it'd be an s tier but this is not a nintendo podcast this is just a general gaming episode uh morrowind too i mean i think it's a high s tier it's a huge year but i i I, not s tier uh i've been drinking but uh, i think there's enough it's a high a tier definitely yeah i mean i think there's enough games in here that just kind of keep it from being that S tier. Yeah, I just um, I don't think it's as defining as like a year like ninety one is. So I I don't feel comfortable putting it with ninety one in the same tier. Man, it's it's close, but it's close. It's, yeah. yeah, these rankings will change as we continue doing these. But yeah, I think A is a very fair rating to give the I, O two. Generally, I just had a very good time preparing for this episode. Oh, always because you get to play like, video games. I got to play video <laughs> games, and I got I got to play some particularly good video games too. Yeah, we're gonna get yeah. to one of those years where, well, we didn't really play any from 2012. We just kind of talked. <laughs> um, yeah, but we're gonna get to one of those years where we have to drudge through a lot of crap, and, and we um, are choosing these years with random year generators. So yeah, so it's, it's not let's go ahead and us. do it. Let's do it live. You can let's pull do, yours up sure. and we can decide. So what, what we did with it, what we did with this last one is we both pulled up a random year generator. So we had two like years. 1980 to, to 2022, yeah. I guess. Yeah. So we both had two we had two years to generate from. So um, I'm gonna do mine. I'll I'll tell you when you get yours ready. Oh god. You're a generator. Let's see what okay. you get. Let's see. Hold on. Dude, 1980 to 2022. See what you get. Uh, And then that will be the next year we cover. Maybe. From 1980 to... 2022. 2022. Okay. Generate. I think that's a fair range. Um... What'd you get? Okay. I got 2007. I got 2000. Okay. (laughs) Um, Let me give it one more try. Can I give it one more? You can give it one more try because it's so close. We already did 2002. I'm already looking at this though. 2007 is not a bad year though. They just gave me 2009. So okay. I guess we're sticking in the 2000s. What would you rather do? Well, look at what games are in 2009. I hate to say this, okay. but we are we are going to optimize it towards our fun factor. 
We want to play good games <laughs> if we can. That's that's a not unreasonable. But there's some good games here. I, I, I'll, oh, here. 2009 is huge, dude. Arkham Asylum, Assassin's Creed 2, Uncharted oh, 2. shit. Plants vs. Zombies, Modern Warfare 2, Re- uh, Left 4 Dead 2, <laughs> Dead Space for crying fucking loud. That's kind of a Infamous, big deal. Of prototype, games. Ghostbusters a video game. Wow. <laughs> well, here, here, how about this? New Super Mario Brothers Wii. Wow, I've played that. Uh, <laughs> X-Men Origins Wolverine, which I would love the opportunity to play that again. How about this? 2007. Bioshock, okay. Call of Duty 4, Modern Warfare, Portal, Crisis, and Assassin's really Creed, good. Team Fortress 2, Super Mario Galaxy, Uncharted, Drake's Fortune, Halo 3, Metroid Prime 3, God of War 2, uh, The Witcher, Half-Life 2, Rock Band, Guitar Hero 3, Mass Effect. Man. Those are both really good games. Maybe, how about this? We'll write down 2007, 2009, and we'll decide behind the scenes. Hello, Jackson? I think he uh, accidentally, I think he uh, disconnected on accident. Hold on, hold on. We're going to figure this out. I'm back. Oh, you're back. Okay. Uh, Sorry. We'll figure it out. Okay. What happened there? I'll edit it. It'll it'll work out fine. Anyway. Um, either way, I think what we should do is we should do uh 2007, 2009. I'm gonna write that shit down. Uh, and we will decide either behind the scenes or maybe we'll do a vote or something on Facebook. Mm. Either on our all drug, on all drug page or on one of the other pages that we're a part of. And we'll figure. Man, out I wanted something they, the '80s though. They both seem like very good years though. Those are both amazing years. I myself is leaning uh, leaning towards 2009 a little bit more, but uh 07 is also really great. I would agree generally, but I think we should uh I think we're close enough on that that we should uh I think we should make make it not our decision. Even if that's going on to uh the the movies uh Facebook page and asking people or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, if you're listening to this and you and you have a preference, you should let us know. You should message us on Facebook Same era, or Instagram. Just two years apart. Um, um you should message us different if games. If you have a preference. I mean, it's gonna be a few months before we get around to this video because we have or this episode because we have to play some of the games, right? Yeah, and we like spreading out our yeah. series of so course. uh if you listen to this and you, and you and you feel very strongly about one or the other let us know because that might influence us probably will i'm honestly if one person or we'll just pick whatever i mean honestly if one person messages us and says you should do 2009 we'll probably pick 2009 now we can put a poll up but um Anyway. That'd be fun. Both seem like anyways, decent years that we will have fun playing some games. Well, anyways, 2002. Oh, let's do it. Well, that's copying off the week. <laughs> a little bit. But um, 2002. <laughs> do you want to play the games that came out that year or not? Or do you hate them? 
I hope I you don't play. hate all I like of them. them. Good no, I like them. It's a great year for gaming. Um, solid A, definitely. Um, we will see you for next week's episode, which will not be related to this. Nope. But if you just care about this, we will decide between 09 and 07 for the next video games in time episode. So yep. stay tuned. Stay tuned. Sorry. <laughs> Been drinking. Uh, yeah. And tired. Both of us. Uh, <laughs> and watch Cocaine Bear. Watch that. <laughs> yep. It's a lot of fun. Anyways, we'll see you next week. This is not a test. I repeat, this is not a test. The Odd Drunk Podcast recommends you follow their Instagram and join their Facebook group for more fun content. To visit all of our current streaming and social media platforms, visit the link tree in the description. If you enjoy the show, we would be appreciated if you would leave a review on Apple Podcasts. The Odd Drunk Podcast would like to remind you to drink responsibly and not to drink and drive. Okay Colton you can roll the outro now.